0: Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird, you made it weird, you made it weird, oh yeah. You made it weird, you made it weird, <laughs> yes you did. You made it, you made it weird, it made weird oh yeah. yeah. You made it weird with it weird, Pete Holmes.
1: What's happening, uh, weirdos? It's, it's uh, me, Pete, the host, and uh, boy, it's so hot, and I'm going to do my best to sound enthusiastic, even though it's so just balmy. Dare I say it's balmy. Uh, I've been very excited about this episode for a long time because I've been trying to get Nick on the show for a long time, and he came in, and he killed it. He's just a delight. So let's get to Nicky Swords as fast as possible. Two. Uh, tour dates exist now. Boston and New York, which is, I'm very excited to announce both of these. Uh, Brooklyn, I'm coming to Brooklyn for the Music Hall of Williamsburg on Thursday, October 10th. That's one show, one night in Brooklyn. I hope you can make it. And uh, Boston, I'm coming back to the Dice. The Dice! The Paradise Rock Club, Saturday, November 30th. Just in time for, uh, you know, wash off those holiday, uh, holiday traumas together at the dice that's it okay you made it for your t-shirt or sticker needs facebook.com slash you made it weird if you want to get in touch uh i've been checking that uh, much more than the other uh i barely checked the weird one anymore to be honest because it's hard to do on my phone and we have a new sponsor a new sponsor is warby parker have you heard about warby parker it's a new way to get boutique quality classically crafted eyewear at a revolutionary price point it's uh sunglasses i actually just did this and they're sponsoring today's show. And I don't have to be uh, braggadocious about my perfect eyesight, but I do have flawless vision. Uh, But guess what? Amazing online eyewear provider, Warby Parker still has me covered. I got to participate in Warby Parker's trial. There's a home try-on program, which means they send me these sexy, sexy, sexy sunglasses. You try them on, you pick which ones work, and I just can't recommend it uh, enough. It was so easy. I ordered five pairs of glasses I thought were cool and had them sent right to my house. When I was ready, I sent the test pairs back and uh, using the prepaid return shipping label, and we sent me back, and me sent me back, and they sent me back, sent me back my chosen pair if you need a prescription they'll apply it to the frames you choose it's worth trying you don't have to model your glasses in front of some stranger in some weird store you do it in your house how great is that keep the fashion show at home and online where it belongs you can post photos of your frames all around the internet for all i care Just find out if they look good, and then pick some, and they'll send them back to you. It's great. No obligation to purchase, and home try-on program is fun. The bottom line is you can support the show by getting your uh, free home try-on process started today at WarbyParker.com. That's W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-C-P-A-R-K-E-R.com. If you use the promo code PETE during the checkout, you'll receive free expedited three-day air shipping. Don't forget, WarbyParker.com, promo code PETE. That's it, everybody. Enjoy Nikki Swords. <laughs> Do you remember any of the Jay Larson bits we ripped?
0: Yeah, I can't. I think it was. Yeah, but, uh, you go into the shower. You go into the shower and you just hit the curtain. You hit the curtain because you, you just don't know him. <laughs> the one that I remember was uh Ben, my my nephew Ben. I can't remember. We had a. Uh, Doggy style. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's but... just regular style. Just go home and have sex, me style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the idea of a dog. <laughs> right. How do you know Jay Larson? What? That's my question, is how do you know him? I'm going to eat poop.
0: God. Did he open for you? Yeah. I think I originally... <laughs> I didn't I originally met him. He was I didn't a bartender. Think this was
1: going to be so like hard cutting, right to the cord <laughs> it's Difficult it's really question. Deep. We went
0: in Vietnam in the
1: world. <laughs> <laughs> this is what people want to know, by the way. How do you know, Jay Larson?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, such a broken record that question. But I'll address it. I'll address it again.
1: <laughs> oh God, Nick
0: Nicholas Nick. Are we on? Yeah. Hi. There's no beginning. Do you oh, do a okay. lot of podcasts? I do. You do? Yeah, usually there's like a, a little hullabaloo. Like an intro? That's fine. I don't agree with it. <laughs> I like that it's just dry. <laughs> Let's get in it. Just get in, <laughs> get in just it and pour, win it. Force yourself into it. Dry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're right. No one has the rights to elf. You have an elf hat.
0: Yeah. That's my friend's clothing company. He got the rights to elf. <laughs> <laughs> Stoked about it. I love (laughs) Alf. Do you really? Yeah. (laughs) Do you watch Alf? I feel like he's had a rough couple of pilot seasons (laughs) the last forty years. But I think he's gonna be okay. And I (laughs) go He was on top for a long time. (laughs) He was on top for a while, and it really dried up quickly on him. But I think like I think (laughs) back. if another show comes out called (laughs) Alf, he'll for sure book it. I can't imagine somebody else booking off other
1: than him. Isn't it kind of sad to think there is a crate somewhere with that puppet in it? <laughs> yeah. It's somewhere, it's kind of resting and waiting to be brought back.
0: Yeah. It's in the basement of, like, Chick-fil-A or something. <laughs> I loved Elf.
1: I really related to Alf as a youth. We're about the same age. I'm 34. I think you're 38. 30- I'm
0: 36.
1: Six. So we both had the same Alf mania, I think. Yeah. Although you got the sophistication of his humor a little better, because you were two years older. I was older.
0: two years older, so I had two years of more alien experience. <laughs> Melmac. But... Melmac centric <laughs> experience. <laughs> I had some Melmac street cred.
1: I, uh, I remember the first time we met, actually. I don't know if we met, but it was at Comic-Con, and you uh, – I was doing this show, and you went up at some point in the show. So maybe I brought you out, and you showed clips from uh, Pretend Time. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget you. So I'm standing with Ann and uh, Joanne from Comedy Central, mm-hmm. and you're on stage, and you go – it, it's – it's uh, it's just another sketch show it's another fucking sketch show you <laughs> said to the audience it's another fucking sketch show <laughs> like, it, it, none of them like reacted negatively but I was like that is true you were making another sketch
0: show yeah I wasn't gonna like dress it up like I was groundbreaking anything you know what I mean and it was different it was my sensibility to the show but it was like it's another sketch show like I'm not gonna sit there and overpromote it like I've never been into like over promoting anything that I do I'm like so could care less about it. I don't know. I don't care less about my work. I just don't like. Well, I just a weird... don't buy into bullshit. You know, it's a
1: weird skill set it's to to assume that somebody that's good at making something would also be good at promoting it and like have the stomach for it. I was thinking about like with musicians, especially like front men, uh, leaders of bands, right. uh, have to like go out and do interviews. Who's to say that like Billy Joe from Green Day is a good interview? But he has to be. He, like, has to learn how to be a good interview. Yeah. When all he was was a songwriter. And a, and a mean axeman.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's even more like <laughs> relevant. Like, but that's why like athletes, I feel like, get into so much trouble because like now with all the social media, they have a voice, right? And like some of these guys, and I know a lot of athletes. Cause I'm a huge sports fan, and uh, a lot of these guys like are retarded. <laughs> but like, not my friends. I, I will never. I would never say that about my friends. But like. Just a lot of these guys, like they, don't, they don't know what they're saying. They so know how like, to
1: play uh, football. Yeah, they're like
0: amazing at football, baseball, basketball, you know, whatever, golf. And they just all of a sudden now they have this forum to say things and you're <laughs> just like, no, please
1: don't. Well, it's like Jose Canseco, uh, who I follow on Twitter, is a real hoot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I was obsessed with Jose Canseco when I was growing up and now following him on Twitter. I don't really care, but I'm like, I, if I knew that this is who he was when I was young, I don't know if I could have had that level of idolatry for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just better, you just don't know what people want to say. It's better to not know, you know what I mean? Like, I have a lot of, like, f- I'm fans of a lot, excuse me, a lot of rappers. And, like, a lot of guys just say crazy stuff where you're just like, I'd rather I didn't know that you just said that, right. you know what I mean? Like, Sure, yeah. It's like, what's it's, his name, uh, Chuck Lorre?
1: Like, the game show guy? is like, incredibly was, right-wing, he's, like, anti-gay, he's anti... It. Am I saying no? Not Chuck Lorre. That's that's a producer. Yeah, yeah Chuck. But he's Lurie also pr- anti-gay. Two and a half. Uh, really right. wing <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Chuck Woolery. Chuck on Chuck Woolery. Norris. Chuck Norris also hugely right wing.
0: Chuck Woolery was a,
1: for the love connection. Yeah, that guy. So he was just the love connection host, but now he, because of the internet, anybody can kind of get their views out there very quickly, and then get a lot of Twitter followers. It kind of is what we're saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, was most, more fun when he just was curious about people's dates.
0: Yeah, when <laughs> he was just inquisitive about a, a simple love, or maybe a beach walk. <laughs> but yeah, I know it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot, and like I work with Adam Sandler, and I've worked with Adam for ten years, and I always kind of respected. A lot about Adam that he just didn't do interviews. Really? Doesn't do any interviews. Doesn't do any press. I mean, he does like, press like talk shows and stuff, but like, he doesn't do any print. He doesn't do any of that because it's like, you know, just don't, he doesn't want to get misquoted or whatever. But I just always thought it was just better. But also, you know, like, better, like he doesn't like, to, want to be
1: troubled too, right? I mean, like, I, from what I've actually read about him. No. From what I've read about, like, what Chris Rock said about him in an interview, because it couldn't have been him, yeah. was that, like, he loves wearing sweatpants and stuff. And I'm not going to interview you about Sailor. I'm sure you get that quite a bit. But, like, he doesn't really want to be bothered. Like, has a, has a like, no, I don't have to do that. I'm not going to do that sort of thing. Kind of like Seinfeld.
0: Yeah. But also, like, he just, like, I don't know. I just think it's, it's just better if you just, you don't have to, like, I don't know. I mean, he's in a position where he can do that. But, like, I don't know. I just think it's better to, like, have that mystery about you. Right. I'm, I'm like in, just in the broad spectrum of like what we're talking about, like in terms of like athletes. Just better, like I don't want to know what Jose Canseco <laughs> is thinking noon on a Monday. <laughs> Pop tarts are don't... just as good cold. <laughs> Jose Canseco, forty three hundred retweets. I just farted broccoli. All right, Jose Canseco. Why? I don't need to know that. <laughs> it's a lot of time when he's not playing baseball. It yeah, turns out there's a, a lot of not baseball time.
1: Well, how are you about that? Are you, are you on the tweetsies?
0: I was late to Twitter. I was really late. I was probably two years late.
1: What do you? Uh, so when was that? When was late?
0: I signed up in two thousand nine just to validate an account. But I, it wasn't until two thousand eleven that I actually was actively like on Twitter and doing that. Right. But and it, somebody talked talked me into it, and I was like always like no, I'm good. <gasps> no, I don't need to do that. And I, and I <laughs> thought like I, was, it, I, I always thought like I was like set like. I was like, oh, no, I'm giving away, like, material. Like, I'd rather, like, just use any, a joke I think of for my stand-up. Right. So that was my mentality behind not doing it. And then I did not realize it was such a different thing. Like, once I got my head around it, not like my tweets are, I mean, they're really dumb. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I'm not breaking any ground. But, <laughs> not, uh, not new ground, not, not even a pile of old ground. <laughs> <laughs> They're just jokes happening. Yeah, there's just
1: uh, semblances of, uh, yeah. But you can also write something on Twitter. I find that the uh, act of writing jokes all the time helps, and sometimes when you're riffing, something yeah. that you tweeted comes
0: out. Mm-hmm. Like it finds a little home in your act. I, I thought it was kind of surprising, too. Like when I got on there and I got really into it, and uh, I'm, by the way, I'm at Nick Swartzen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> People are
1: going to know it's Nicky words. At Nick Swartz. At Nick Swartz. At Nick Swartz. Oh, you're, I thought you were ide- identifying yourself for the interview. Oh, no. It's
0: just, was, I was shouting on my Twitter. At Nick Swartz. T- yeah. Because you didn't go fancy. You didn't go left or right. It just no, it's, no yeah. it's just at Nick Swartz. No, there's <laughs> no numbers. <laughs> yeah. just at Nick Swartz. At Nick Swartzon 69. <laughs> <laughs> you if know, it was, weren't for 69, would have no funny numbers. You got to give it to that. <laughs>
1: yeah, right?
0: It's true. <laughs> the, this is a side story, but... It was my father, God rest his soul, uh, passed passed away and he died at the age of 69. (laughs) And there was like this weird thing where as a comic and just being so morbid that people would be like, oh, I'm sorry, your father passed away. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. Like, obviously, like, I love my dad. And he was I'm like, how old is he? And I was like, 69. (laughs) 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 And I had this thing in my head where I couldn't. So I started saying he died at 68. Cause I just couldn't like yeah, I could not do that. I joke. hated. Yeah, I just hated like having to say like sixty nine. <laughs> so, you didn't even upgrade him. No, you no, downgraded I, him. I made him younger. <laughs> sixty eight. Like, so pathetic. My dad would think I was such a.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Sixty. Uh, it would be funny if the guy that every number makes him think of a couple sixty nine.
0: <laughs> or he just keeps getting sixty nine throughout his life. Like every like it just keeps popping up. Everyone keeps dying at sixty nine.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you. He meant like no matter what part – because the 69 doesn't show up that often in a relationship. Oh, yeah. certainly not right out the gate, but he keeps dating people that only want a 69. (laughs) That's my move. That's all I want. He's like the next one will want some straight up bread and butter. How did – sorry not to joke. I got
0: sidetracked. (coughs) I was going to say something.
1: I'd love to hear – we're talking about Twitter going into your act. We won't forget about that. Yes. But now that you brought up your father – it struck me that my dad is 70 – Okay. It's just, it's, I, you know, I'm just getting to that age where I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, they, like my parents are going to die. I don't even like saying that. Certainly, they they were always going to die. That's always true. But now yeah. that they're getting, you know, older to ages where, you know, I'd like to think they have another 20 years or whatever. But you, you, you're, you're going to
0: die too, Pete. I know. I don't want to bring that up. You, I do not want to bring j- that up. I just found that out. That's actually. why I'm doing the show today <laughs> <laughs> to tell, <laughs> to tell to me tell about me. death. <laughs> to your but when I,
1: you lost your parents at, at an age that my parents already were. And yeah. Was that sudden?
0: Um, my father, well, this is even worse. He had a <laughs> he brain aneurysm 69. that's oh, no. supposedly hereditary. No. Yeah. So now I'm like, not only am I 36, so now like I've sur- I've surpassed like my halfway point in my head. <laughs> so yes. It's like he died at 69. So it's like, I'm like well past my halfway point. And now he died of like this hereditary brain disease. Where I'm like, no, I'm just on a, just a ticking
1: clock. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Was that real? So you feel and like... And that's why I'm gay. Wait,
1: what? <laughs> and that's what made you gay? <laughs> you know, that's it's interesting. Why- there are things in your brain that control... We talk about that on the show all the time. You get a tumor or something in your head, and you might have completely different impulses, or you, your whole personality could change. Yeah. Did anything like that happen with your dad when it was revealed that he had something in his head? Um did anything like what, what do you mean, mean like as he had this illness
0: did yeah. he start having like he yeah yeah i mean he like it was basically followed by strokes and like it was yeah. just it was not a great way to go out yeah for the old pups <laughs> and for my f- future no, no. but uh well
1: that's terrifying because because the, the father passing is just anyway that's a reminder of your mortality you're like there's the the guy that brought me in here and, yeah and, and then you're also like i could also go out that way that, that's really difficult
0: yeah, and you're like, I came out, that's the penis I came out of. That's yeah. how I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physically, I saw his penis. Is, no, you,
1: is your mom living?
0: Yeah, she's alive. Yeah, I've heard
1: that that's very difficult, too, because that's the vagina you came out of, not to break it down.
0: No, I came so, out of her obviously. penis also. <laughs> Weirdly, it's a long story. I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but... <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's weird. Like, when you lose a parent, it's really life-changing. yeah. You know, and you always hear, like, stories like that, but, like, it really, psychologically, it's, like, just having that side, like, a side of you, like, be gone like that. It's, like, really, really intense. Right. It's pretty crazy. Were
1: you, uh, and this isn't me trying to be, like, let's get <laughs> emotional. Uh, I'm just saying, like, were you close? Was it, like, really hard, or were you closer later in life? Were you always
0: close? Um, We were close, yeah. We were really close. He was, he was, like, I don't know, yeah, we. he was... He became more – my parents divorced when I was 13, mm-hmm. and he became, like, more of, like – he became, like, a friend more than a dad. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Buddy dad, yeah. yeah. Is, is that, so like, a typical kind of,
1: divorce move? Like, he was r- more chummy because of the I divorce? don't
0: know. I just think he was kind of immature, which I think rubbed off on me exponentially. Yeah. was a thousand. <laughs> um, alphat, alphat, alphat. <laughs> you said Al-Fat, Al-Fat. in the direction of your alphat. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Willie! 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 <laughs> Can you do, Mrs. Ock-Monick. Can you do a bad Sandler impression too? I can do yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. I, 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 yeah. ah. I always did Stop <laughs> yelling at me. <laughs> ah, why didn't I ask earlier? Why didn't you ask earlier? What was that dramatic one he My did? My sweet Adams. Was it was about uh him and uh Punch uh, Trunk. No no no, not uh, not that one. It was the one where he had like gray hair, like a full head of gray hair.
0: <laughs> What is oh, it called?
1: Um, Rain Over Me. Rain Over Me, I yeah. always did Adam Sand... I haven't seen it in Rain Over Me, which is just a uh, 9-11. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, because in that movie, his family dies in 9-11. Yeah, I know. It's, like,
0: super intense. Uh, and 9/11. I was, like... And I, I... I don't know if I have said that. I was always, like... When I came... I went to set, to, like, to hang out with Adam when he was shooting that, and I was, like... Like, part of me was, like, why is he wearing, like, a wig from, like, The Wedding Singer? <laughs> And I love him. And I love that. I love that movie. I don't. Know, yeah. I, don't, know, I, don't know. I don't have to say that. But it is funny. I, I really. Yeah, he did a really great job. And I remember, like, he told me that he didn't mm. want to do like that part. Was like really intense. Yeah. Because he's a New Yorker, and like he, obviously, like you know, the subject matter is really intense. But I remember he called Daniel Day Lewis. He told me a story. that He called Daniel Day Lewis. Was like, Hey, will you do this part? Like, I'll produce the movie. Will you do it? Yeah. And Daniel's like, No, you should do it. He's like, You should just, like, you should do it. You should do it. But he like told ah, Adam, "I like,
1: had two bad impressions. <laughs> yeah. You should do it, Adam. You do it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Lewis is like, "No, you, you did Billy Madison. I wanted that. I wanted to that. Ah, ah. Ah. Oh, that's wild. But yeah, but Adam, Dad yeah, told me like he, Daniel Deleuze was like, "No, you should do it." But Adam was kind of, I think, a little intimidated to tap.
1: Well, it's great it. that he did, and it's great that he did uh, Punch trick Love <laughs> again. We, we we can stay away from Sandler. We were talking about
0: your dad. I don't care. Adam Sandler is my no. no, but I love Adam's dramatic stuff. I feel like you know, it doesn't get enough credit.
1: No, I actually, I would say in my experience, the conversation is always, where's the next uh, Punch Drunk? Why isn't he doing, because he was so wonderful in that. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I love Paul And Thomas I love Anderson. Punch Drunk. He's my favorite director. And I love Punch Drunk Love very, very much. I also <laughs> love... I love
0: Heart 8. It's one it, of my favorite
1: movies. Is that his first film? Yeah. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Paul you Even seen Hard Eight? No. Oh my god! I'm gonna write it down. Hard Eight. You're insane. Is it about getting a TV set together? <laughs> yes. Side <laughs> Eight. Hard Eight. Clean. <laughs> hard Eight. It's good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, okay, I'm going to see it today. Yeah,
0: if you love Paul, yeah,
1: it's great. Yeah, sure, I do. Um, Do do you ever wonder what... uh, Like, it seems very deliberate. Like, you're in both the Grown Ups films and stuff, so he certainly likes making fun films with his friends that kind of have certainly a broad appeal. Right. And then he doesn't seem to be going towards that, like, why not do another thing like that? Even as a smaller part. I think,
0: like, he... and I'm not speaking for him, but he doesn't, like... Yeah, I mean he, he's somebody who, like really just enjoys his life, and he enjoys his friends, like you just said. Like he likes shooting comedies and like hang I don't in. know, yeah, hanging with buddies. I've yeah, heard like,
1: myths of him like building like a basketball court on the set, like or near the set, so they can play and, and always, ca- yeah, casting his friends because yeah. to hang, it's about living a quality life.
0: Yeah, and like <clears throat> and the thing about him is that he he really like. Like, people always are like, oh, you guys must get so high or drunk. Like, when you write a movie, like, must be, you guys must get so messed up. And it's like, no. Like, he, like, works really, really hard. Yeah. Like, he works harder than anybody. Like, he just doesn't get any credit. Like, people are, you know, critics. and Some people are like, oh, he's an idiot. Like, it's, it's such a moron. It's, like, really works hard. Like, he does ten rewrites on a script. He, like, I don't know. It's, like, insane. He, like, yeah. co-directs most of his movies. I mean, he's always on set. He's always... He doesn't like slack off. He doesn't get high. He doesn't get drunk. Like He like, really, really, really works hard. Right. Is he kind of straight edge? I know you enjoy the, the partying. I love partying.
1: Yeah. So yeah. he's not like a... a, a, a I'm sorry. Like, I'd like to keep it on you, but like... That's okay. Uh, how does your work ethic and your love of party merge? How do those two things come together? I mean,
0: I work really hard, too, and I feel like that's kind of rubbed off just through osmosis working with him. Like, Yeah. I you know like I really like I'm developing like a lot of stuff right now. I sold a new show to FX. I'm doing an animated show with FX. I'm doing a web series. I'm doing stand up. I'm doing a new special. <clears throat> I'm like like I like working. Right, right, right. Obviously, but I like it's kind of like that Wiz Khalifa like song like. Work hard, play hard. Sure. So it's like... Like, when we were in Chicago together, like, I wasn't drinking, really. Like, I was pretty... Yeah. I was pretty subdued. I didn't go out. Like, I didn't... I I did my shows. Like, when I do shows... Which is
1: why we ended up hanging out, because I wasn't drinking either. Yeah. So those people end up in a lobby, you know, couch making (laughs) vines. Like, that's what we had to do. (laughs) Vine verdosing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We Um, (laughs) vine-verdosed. Yeah. But yeah, like, I... I don't know. Like when so you, I, when you're serious, you're serious. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Like when I, yeah. When I shot, when I'm, when I, if I'm shooting, I don't drink for two or three months. Right. But people like, and I, I kind of got that reputation. That I, I'm guilty of like doing that of like, you know, my first album was called Party. <laughs> and it was me with like a 40. And like, you know, I talk about drinking a lot. So it's like, I've kind of like. It, you know helped that kind of persona sure. but yeah but like when I work I like I, I really do work really hard yeah 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 you like pretend with. time on Comedy Central it was like that was a lot of work know, like I didn't mess around I wasn't like running around shit face like, right
1: you kind of can't afford it That that's just some that's you just can a side and here. it's
0: like it's also like why, why would you want it like right if I'm drinking I'm drinking I'm going out I'm having you know I'm with my friends but it's like Nobody wants to like get hammered and be like, "Where's my laptop?" Right, right, right. You guys want to write, right, right, right. right. <laughs> no, it's the like, whitest kids told me that they were. It's a
1: sketch group. The whitest kids, you know. Yeah, I and love those guys. They were interviewed by High Times, who kept insisting that they were like high when they wrote <clears throat> them, and they were like, "No, it's like really strenuous and hard work."
0: And then, yeah, like, yeah. But you ever like light up a spliff? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. We have deadlines, <laughs> and I don't even. I don't even smoke weed. Like I haven't smoked weed for. I mean. For, like, so long. like yeah. People always assume, like, I'm just, like, some train wreck, like, stoner. <laughs> and, like, I just did a music video with Chris Brown and Nicki Minaj. Uh-huh. And everybody was smoking – people were smoking weed. And I that was like, no, I don't smoke weed. And people were like, what? You don't smoke weed? I was like, no. I, Is there a reason? I mean, I, I went to rehab when I was 16. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. For – I started smoking weed when I was 14 and started doing drugs. Yeah. And – Got expelled from high school four times. Whoa. And uh, had to go to rehab, court-ordered.
1: Court-ordered rehab? Yeah. Was that because of an incident?
0: Yes. I mean, the court is involved. It wasn't just yeah. like a friendly court intervention. Yeah. It wasn't like the show Night Court. It was like a real court <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that got mad at me. They were mad at you. Yeah. What, what, what happened? This is kind of weird. It's kind of an like, ironic story, but... I, my friend rolled a blunt in the middle of school. He was like, hey, we're going to go smoke a blunt. So we went to the theater. We went up in the balcony where it was kind of secluded, and we smoked a blunt. <laughs> and the theater class was going on, and everyone smelled it. So Obviously, we smoked a blunt. So they called the, um, the principal, and they called the police. So the police kicked in the doors. We were smoking this blunt. Kicked in the doors, tackled us, handcuffed us walked us out of school. This was during lunch period, so the entire school watched us. There was a lot of street crowd. It was pretty cool. Ah! But, <laughs> we got walked out of school and fucking, like, the full-on, like, got arrested and, like, got expelled. I talked my way back in t- to school, but we got quarter to rehab. I had to go to, like, all these classes and stuff. It Wait, sucked. what did
1: that look like, talking your way? Because that's very interesting to me. That, that's that level of, like, kind of social intelligence where you're able to kind of twist things and manipulate or... Not I mean, necessarily like, lie. I wasn't...
0: <clears throat> A bad kid, so they kind of were like, you know, it was. I did the court ordered rehab, and, uh, and they were, you know, and I, I, was, I was like a smart kid, like I'm not an idiot, so like they were like, all right, you know, like, you know, they, they knew like there was a light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> <laughs> so they let me back in. All right, what about your friend? Yeah, everybody, no, they left, they, left. they went to a different school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so now with no weed, is that kind
0: of like a you don't want to relapse thing or is it just like you don't like it or – I just don't like – I drink socially and that's like I just – I'm kind of happy just doing that. I'm not like a big – like I have like social anxiety. So I if I smoke weed, like I get like really like panic disorder. Yeah, sure. That can really bad. worse. So, yeah, so, like, yeah, it heightens it kind of, so...
1: How, how is that? I noticed hanging out with you just briefly in Chicago, you... Uh, oh, you told me that story, like... Uh, okay, so what you said about social anxiety, <laughs> I have that as well. I think a lot of uh, comedians
0: probably have that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of comics have it.
1: Although, like, not as many. Like, I go to these parties that are, like, mostly other comedians, and I'm like, they're, like, living it up and having fun. And maybe that is alcohol, I don't know. But, like, I relate to that. But, like, at, at the level of uh, recognizability you have, like, I noticed when we were out, a lot of people would, like... Yeah, grandma's boy or like try and get your attention somehow. right does that contribute to it does that give you another excuse to be like i'm not gonna go out
0: um no i, I mean i i go out but like if i have, if I have a couple drinks i'm chill right but like i usually don't if i'm not drinking or you know working or sober like i, I usually don't like put myself in like a bar situation or any kind of drinking situation right but um but yeah, it's like, it's tricky because, like, my fan base and myself, like, when I do go out, I go pretty wild. Right. So it's like, it's hard because people, if I'm not drinking, people will buy me shots and they'll, you know, they get pretty wild and, like, you It's like know. that David Tell thing. Yeah. It's like people assume. Yeah, that which I wild. saw very <laughs> upfront. I've known Dave a long time. I love Dave. And I saw that with, like, Insomniac and, like, yeah. his fans. And, like, when Dave stopped drinking and, you know, he had that you know it was tricky for him right because people like he would tell me these stories about doing gigs and like yeah people would buy him shots and like jesus excuse me but um my favorite thing was um when i do go out like you know I like I, I go to like bars i'm a huge sports fan so i go like sports bars but people will there's like this thing where people will buy you shots and like if somebody wants to do a shot with me i'll do a shot right. so if someone's like hey sports and you want to do a shot i'm like yeah all right But, like, there's a weird phenomenon where people buy you a shot that they chose, which is always weird to me. So people are like, hey, I got you a shot of, like, wild turkey. And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't drink wild turkey. (laughs) I'll never drink it. And then they get offended and then mad. So they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You're not going to drink wild turkey? It's like, no, it's noon on a Tuesday, and I'm I'm not going to do a shot of wild turkey. (laughs) Like. (laughs) and I I always I'm like I'm really nice like I'm a really nice person so I'll be like oh no I'll pay for it like I'll buy you a shot whatever you want yeah oh no sorry no sorry you know I I bought this for you and I'm like no I I don't want to do wild turkey right 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 so it's like if anyone's listening don't buy me a (laughs) shot of wild turkey (laughs) I'll buy you a shot I would rather buy you a shot any day
1: well this is kind of strange I don't want to make you uncomfortable but not not in the way that you might expect but I've noticed you are a very nice guy and I've actually heard legends of you (laughs) treating your friends like you like going on trips and stuff with your pals, yeah. on a smaller scale. We'll talk to that first. I mean, like, so you like taking care of your... uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk about that. That seems like a nice thing to do, and I like hearing stories like
0: that. I always, like, I grew up with no money. Like, I grew up really poor. My family was, like, on food stamps. We didn't have anything. And uh, so, like, when I started, like, to do well and make money, like, I wanted to, like, always, like... Like my full philosophy is like make everyone's life better around me. You know what I mean? So it's like I always help my friends out if anybody needed help or, you know, I would go on trips and I would I would do a gig in Hawaii and I would fly seven of my friends out and pay yeah. for their tickets and put them up. And, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and I just was always like, you know, just it's kind of a simple philosophy. It was just like, you know, you can die tomorrow. So it's like, why not? you know just enhance everyone's life around you and have as much fun as you can you know right. so like that was always my mentality it's, and it still is but a
1: lot of people hoard that you see you're acting in abundance you're like there's a lot and there will yeah. be more and i'm going to bring my friends along some people are like uh i wouldn't want to have that relationship with my friends they they're using me or something and right. what if the money runs
0: out yeah, it's that sort of stuff yeah i mean like i've kind of curbed a little i mean i got like pretty crazy like <laughs> that's- I, mean, it's, I would spend I mean, there was yeah, I mean it was there was pretty it got pretty bad. I'm not gonna go into details, but like I really wish you would. Alright, there was one weekend where I spent fifty thousand dollars on one weekend. <laughs> on what? I went to a five-star resort, flew all my friends out, got us all sweets. <laughs> and, I was, and my business manager called me and he goes, "What is? That? I can't be reading this right, right? You didn't spend $50,000 in like two days, did you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you should probably not do that. I'm like, yeah, it's probably But it was great. It was, awesome. was it a great time? Yeah, it was amazing. Like you all
1: still talk about it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a hoot. Were but, you going for a show?
0: No, <laughs> we just went to party. It was like over like a Fourth of July weekend but i I don't do like anything that <laughs> extreme went to anymore. Party. but um, but no, like a, a lot of it stemmed from when I first started, and this is like a lot of comics that were really wealthy. I'm not gonna say who they were, but like a lot of my f- friends that I opened for had a lot of money, yeah, and so. You know, they would be like, hey, I'm doing this gig. You want to open for me? And I'm like, yeah. I was like up and coming. And they were like, yeah, you got to pay your flight. Yes.
1: And put, your, and put yourself this. up. And I'm I was remembering, like. remembering, yes.
0: And I'm like, well, I can't afford that. Like I'm sleeping on a floor. Like literally. Right. And they're like, well, I'm not going to pay your flight. And I remember I was like, all right. So I would pay my flight. and I would lose money doing these gigs. But I needed the work, you know. Right. I needed the crowds. Like they would sell out these shows. And uh, I remember my friend. And I'm not going to say who it is. But uh, he called me up one time he goes what's up hey i'm doing a gig you want to open for me I'm doing a college so i was like yeah okay and uh, i'm like how much how much Wait, am i getting I know paid who this was. i know i think you do but don't say don't I say well, it just I wouldn't miss- him. it's not that kind of show There's this is <clears> our <throat> okay. show together i'm not here to make you uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> okay cuz he's still a close friend yeah 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 but he but <laughs> <laughs> he goes he goes i want you to open for me i'm like okay i'm like how much am i getting paid um and he goes 100 bucks and I'm like, well, how much time am I doing? And he goes, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, how much time are you doing? He goes, forty-five minutes. And I'm like, well, can I get more money? I got just because like I'm I'm gonna lose money to do the gig, and I like I'm living in a studio apartment, like sleeping on a couch. Yeah. And he got mad at me, and he goes, oh. he goes, look, I'm taking a pay cut to do this gig. And I'm like, how much are you getting paid? He goes, I'm getting fifteen grand. <laughs> and I was like, for forty-five minutes? And he's like, yeah. See so normally I get like thirty, and I was like, "You know, you're, you just said that to somebody who's sleeping on a couch and can barely afford like Kentucky Fried Chicken for dinner. And you're giving me like you can't give me like two hundred dollars, like like I'm not trying to be difficult. I just like I need to make a living. Well, you're not going to make anything. And, we, we, yes. But he was like, "Fine, all right, I'll give you 200 Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're making like $15,000. I was like, Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) And they probably flight too. That's all like profit, I'm sure, at some point. That is crazy. Well, that's that is, that's is something that comes up on this show a lot when we talk about comedy, is the idea of paying it forward. Like, I had, a, I had bigger guys that were nice to me. Maybe right. not in that way where they paid my flight or whatever, but they would request me and stuff, and that meant a lot. But now that I have people opening for me, there's an opportunity there to, like, help them out with the flight and the hotel. And yeah. Because they're making dick.
0: Yeah, so, long story short, anybody who opens for me, I pay their flight, I pay their hotel, and I pay them for the gig. Right. Nobody has to worry about anything. So that was, like, something that... I learned just coming up through comedy. I was like, when I when I get to a certain point, if I ever do, and uh, you know, like I can afford to do that, I'll do that. Right. Like anybody who opens for me, they don't pay for anything. I pay for all their meals. Right. I pay you for know, all, everything. That's, that's what they did too. Like
1: Gaffigan would pay for our meals and stuff. And I, I remember there was because he was a guy that I opened for a lot when I was. I love Jim. Yeah, was he was great. wonderful, and it was and it was just sort of like. You don't have to say it, but everybody knows I'm making $50 a night. You know what I mean? And he's making, not shit tons, but a lot more. Yeah. And that's like, there's like, that's that mafia etiquette. It's like he outranks you, but it's a thing of respect to pay. You pay because it's understood that you can, and you pay for the opener. Right. Because he's just like a little runner guy, and he's just doing it for the experience. And, and I, it breaks my heart a little bit when people miss that opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I, I was always so surprised that... You know, and the people that I did open for, David Cross, uh, Garofalo, helped me out exponentially and they always took care of me. Mm-hmm. But uh there were other people that I was just was always surprised. Or I was just like I don't I didn't really understand that mindset of being like uh, no, we you pay your own way, Right. You know? Well, some people- And the people that did uh, did do that, uh, again I'm not going to say names, but they're not really working anymore. Like they're not they've right. kind of fallen off the map and I don't right. know if it's karma. <laughs> but
1: but but that's the attitude and there is something a little bit karmic about it that attitude of abundance being like there's enough to go around it's not my pile slowly growing in the corner and I keep you away from it it's come open for me or in your case let's go to Hawaii because I'm doing a show and why not have that be an opportunity to generate and I'm not trying to sound cheesy but to generate love for your friends they come and something tangible is happening that generates positivity and light and love as opposed to you going Doing the show, doing well, getting paid, and just kind of hoarding that. And to bring up Daniel Day Lewis again, to be like, there will be blood. Alone in your mansion at the end, drunk with a manservant that helps you hide a and body. You killed a, a
0: kid with a bowling pin. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And you're, I think the butler probably helped him hide the body. Yeah, he for sure helped him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I, I, I always like supported comics too. Like I always like, I was never like a jealous person. Like whenever I saw people that were funny, I always like supported them one of them you know I took people on the road like I took BJ Novak out on the road like yeah. early on and like Dan Mintz and a lot of great comics <laughs> oh hey man yeah
1: well they go oh, so to bring it back to the making everybody's life better you got Nick on uh, Dan on the road with you and all that sort of stuff this is the thing that I didn't want to tell you and make you feel uncomfortable but I, I think you'll be okay with it when I was with you you gave money to everybody that asked for it like, I I don't know if it was that day or if that's a philosophy of yours, but, like, we passed the fire department that had a fundraiser and you gave them money, and then every homeless person.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just always, like... But that seems like a philosophy. That seems like a decision. I just feel like I have the money, and, you know, like, it just changes somebody's, you know, just, you know, like, it's just to have that power of, like, and I'll give, like, a homeless guy, like, 20 bucks. Like, I won't sure. give him, like, a dollar. Like, I'll give him, like, $20. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see that. And if I have, like, 100 or, like, if I have a lot of cash for me for some reason, like, I'll give somebody – because it's just that – like, just seeing that reaction is, like, you know, people will, like – I mean, I've had people hug me and, like, start crying and, like – Really? Yeah, like, people, like, it. it just changes, like – I don't know. It's just, like, a nice feeling to do that. And it's right. not that, you know, it's not something that I promote, like, oh, I
1: do this. Well, that's why I didn't want to make you uncomfortable. I thought it, it actually moved me and it challenged me to be like, I don't know why I don't do that. And so I'd like, I'd like to tell you that that's probably going to inform the way that, that I'd like to be. Just do it. <laughs> no,
0: but like, and I do it like for people like where you can tell that like they're down and out. Like, you know what sure. I mean? Like I don't just like hand out, like there's people that are just like, they're not homeless, they're just assholes. You know what I mean? Like just people right. that are like just right. loose cannon assholes. Yeah, but like people where you can like you can see that they're like despondent and like really like having a hard time. But
1: again, this goes back to there are a lot you, there are a lot of people you know you happen to be friends with a lot of famous and rich people, and I don't think I, I'm going to guess that not all of them have the same theory of abundance that you seem to have. Like it's like I have it, I should share it. I was on food stamps, I'm going to pay it forward a little bit. Yeah, is that true? I mean, or are you seeing? I, I'd like to believe in a world where everybody's doing that, but it seems
0: like this is unique. I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, people. I mean, yeah. I mean, people I know have done that. Yeah. You know. Um, are
1: you getting it from inside, or are you learning it from seeing other people doing it? Or, is, is I'm
0: it... I, just to do that on my own. Yeah. So not, I'm not following from example of anybody that I know that. You know, because I mean, a lot of people like don't really like hang out like on the streets, like I, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like Sandler doesn't like walk down the street like a lot, like you know, through like shifty. Outside, you know, dive bars. And yeah, 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 yeah. So like, less opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah, but he's, like, insanely generous. He's amazing with charity and stuff. And, but I've just always done it on my own. I just, you know, just something that I've... Right. I've
1: just but done your, family, your family was uh, poor, as you said.
0: Uh, yeah, I, my family got... Yeah, my parents split up, and then my mom was a single mom and worked two jobs and... Hmm. Was on food stamps, and we would have to drive like outside of the city to go to a grocery store because she was so embarrassed. Really? To spend food stamps. Yeah, she just like was, felt bad. She didn't want to see anybody she knew from the neighborhood or anything. She like felt really bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, has it
1: been great? I, I have to imagine it's been great uh, being as successful as you are to kind of pay that forward to your mom. Is yeah,
0: it's great. It's awesome.
1: American gangster moment where you gave her a huge house. Yeah,
0: it's super American gangster. Well, no. Like my sister was married. She had a husband He's an t- insane piece of shit, and um, <laughs> wait, wait, what he was like, I don't love you anymore, and left her with three kids. What? Yeah. And I, so I was like, I bought her a house, okay, for her and her kids, yeah, immediately, and that was like a, a great feeling, to, yeah. You know, like she was so on her ass of just like, what do I do? And I was like, I have, you know, like yeah. I, it was great to have that feeling of where I can do that, you know, and I, right. I was like, don't worry. I, you know, I bought her and her kids this house.
1: Right. Is there something kind of fun about your job? And, and you and I both know the hard work that goes into this. But at the end of the day, we are kind of being silly. There's a lot of play to it. Is there something kind of uh, wonderful about doing something so preposterous and then making, like, real life changes? Like, you should be, like, an investment banker or, or, or something really smart, savvy uh, business. <laughs> right. Thing, where really, you, you know, you're, 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 on, you're playing, like, a flamboyant gay cop. Thing. <laughs> or voicing a gay, gay robot? And, yeah. yeah, fart. Ju- I created a gay robot. Yeah, you're like I bought you this house with the money I got <laughs> from the seriously who farted tour. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it is it is a surreal existence as a comedian because you do like, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm 36 and I'm like, I'm still mentally like living this 15 year old life, right? You know? and I, like, and not like, you know, like I'm not like. Like I'm, I'm not like stupid or anything. I'm just like still like have an immature streak in me where I'm like, yeah, I just. But will that- write new fart jokes and <laughs> like I have a new special coming out. And, like, I remember I was doing some interview. I was doing press for Grown Ups too, and they were like, "Oh, you have a new special. Like, what you know? Like, what subject matter are you tackling?" And I was like, farting and drinking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and, like yeah. I heard myself say that. And I was like, "Yep, same. Like nothing's like really changed, right?" But it's like when you think about it, it's like. It's the same thing with like Louis C.K. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys, like just still like kind of like you know talk about like you know like no one's no one's above a fart joke or like a, right. you know a shit joke. Or, right, right, <laughs> it's right. Still like. I don't know. But is, is your generosity kind of an
1: extension and, and an appreciation of how absurd your life is? How it's kind of, you know, the salaries can yeah. be uh, overblown and, you know, to some people that they, say they'd be unfair.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't hold any, like, weight to, like, what I do. I don't have any hubris of, like, how I make my money. It's like, I, I know that, like, you know, yeah, you know... I, Gay Rollers Getting Prostituted, right. did Bucky Larson, <laughs> Like I right. do stand-up and do fart jokes. Like, yeah, I'm not like, right. hey, man,
1: serious work. Right. But then on the other side of that, I remember we were talking about you had a pretty clear strategy on how to break into film. And again, without getting into specifics, I was telling you that I had heard that you had met with another guy and you were telling him that you felt like your strategy was kind of like Will Ferrell's in that you're doing, you were doing smaller parts To eventually, you know, start getting those bigger and bigger parts.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of how it worked. Yeah, I just kind of like chipped away and did smaller parts, and then as I should clarify, as opposed to
1: maybe rushing ahead, you know, circling the horses, the wagons, and then being like, "No, fuck that! I want to be the guy, and now I want to do that now." And you could do that now. At a certain point, you can make a choice. It seems obvious that you take smaller parts in more established things, but you could go the other route and be like, "Fuck that! I want this now."
0: Yeah, I mean, like, somebody asked me the other day, they're like, do you regret, what part are you most embarrassed about? And I was like, no part. Like, everything I've done, I've done by choice, small, big, whatever it is. Like, I just go, like, wh- what I can make the funniest, you know what I mean? Like, right. what I can contribute. And it's funny, like people like, it's, you know, people are always like, oh, I mean, come on, you, you can't be proud of being in that movie. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, somebody I the other day was like... Who said that, by the way? They were way. like, oh, you did Jack and Jill? They're like, what a joke. Like, and I'm like, I, I like Jack and Jill. Sandler's, like, one of my best friends. Like, yeah. I, I think he's hilarious. Like, right. I thought the movie was funny. It's a family comedy. He plays his sister. It's funny. Like, <laughs> it made me laugh. I love the, my part in it. I had a good time doing it. Like, I just don't understand people that, like, have that mentality. Like, oh, like... I just don't understand, like, people who are above things, where it's like, oh, I mean, ugh, Come on. You're legitimately gonna, I don't know. right? It's you're just, gonna like so stand lame. here and tell me. You're gonna stand here
1: and tell me that <laughs> that, that was a good part.
0: Yes, but, I am. Yes, Jack and <laughs> Joe was funny. It made me laugh. I liked it. <laughs> Fuck off, <laughs> Bucky Larson. Yeah, I wrote it. It's yeah, int- it's fun. I loved it.
1: Well, Bucky, that was that was your mo- movie, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, I that it was and, Sandler's idea, but me and him wrote the script.
1: And a porn star with a tiny dick. Yeah. Right. I remember seeing the posters and I I didn't see the movie, but and it didn't do well critically.
0: It did (laughs) horrible. Yeah, it it did horrible. It didn't do well at all. I mean, it it was a low budget, but it was one of those things where like, oh, like you and Santa like made this movie and like, you know, the studios would just greenlight anything. Like the studio didn't want to make it. Like they, they, you know, like they were like, uh, they're kind of on the fence, right? And Adam like really believed in it, and I believed in it, and we wrote the script, and it was a low budget, and we didn't do well. Didn't make a lot of money, but it was just something, like, we really believed in and were passionate about. Right. And, um, and I love that movie. And it's, a you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Didn't? Like, and the people behind it, like, we had Steven Dorff, Christina Ricci, Don Johnson. I mean, we had great people in it. Like, they right. really, like, believed in it and loved it. And. But
1: uh, I didn't, I, I heard, so I'll just be transparent here. I heard that it wasn't easy when it didn't do well. That that, that was hard on you. I heard they,
0: they, like... It was, not yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a horrible feeling. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it, it, you know, it costs, like, $10 million to make, and we made, like, 3 or $4 million, so it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, catastrophic, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. But, yeah, like, psychologically, like, it's really hard, because people don't realize, realize, like, you do put a lot of effort into these things. Like, a movie like Bucky Larson, like, we worked really hard on it. Like, mm-hmm. we, like, you know, like, me and Sandler like, wrote 10 drafts of it, like, we really wanted to make a good movie, and then you release it, and critics are like, you know, fuck Nick and he sucks, you know, this, you know, what a piece of shit. You read on Twitter, and people are like, I hope Nick Swartzen dies. Why would he make this movie? Like, it was like this awful backlash, right? And it like it does like you know, you do like feel bags. It's like we went in with the best intentions of like just making a comedy. Like, we want to make people laugh. That was our goal, right? Is to make a story and make a movie that people hadn't seen before, and hopefully they like it. And then you get this kind of backlash of like oh, fuck him, like, who does he think he is doing this? And it's like, it does kind of, like, you know, in the back of your head, it does, like, bum you out.
1: Well, it's funny because we were talking about uh, MLB players tweeting and stuff uh, and shedding light on the fact that they're real people. Similarly, co- comics are, are definitely real people, and we are seeing those things. I've, I've read things where they're like, Pete Holmes is unfunny and should die. That's like, right. I saw that. <laughs> like, it's like, you might as well have written that down and handed it to me because I saw it. <laughs> yeah. And like, what you're saying is, is like, you're a real person. That's a real project. It took a lot of your time and effort. And people just see it and consume it and kind of don't like it or whatever and then feel entitled to really tear you apart.
0: Yeah, and like, people were horrible when Pretend Time came out. I remember I was new to Twitter, and um, I was walking from my place um, to this bar where Comedy Central was having a premiere party for the show. Mm-hmm. And it had just come out on the East Coast, and I was walking to this bar, and I was like, "Oh, I'll check Twitter and like see what people thought of like the East Coast feed or whatever." And people were so horrible, and they were so mean, and they were like, "This show sucks. Fuck Nick and Why does he have a show?" And, like it was just like, and I was walking to my premiere party, and I just felt so horrible and i just like walked into this party and everybody was like so excited and happy and i and i just remember like i just read all these tweets about like what like what a piece of shit i was and like how awful my show was and it just like ruined the entire night like my premiere party for my show and i was so proud of it and it was just like you know people just sit there and it's like just so pathetic you know yeah. And it's like I don't entertain that stuff anymore. I was new to Twitter, so I was like, oh hey, like I'll just right, read the right. speed. So But like I don't like subscribe to that kind of stuff anymore. But it was like really like you know, I just think it's so pathetic that people, you know, ha- take the time to do that. It's right. like why would you spend your time and energy like you know, hating on people and it's like it's just I don't know. Whoever does that, fuck you. I hope you get <laughs> fucking I hope you die tonight. <laughs> like fuck off. It's so lame.
1: No, it is true. Well, it's tearing down and tearing down is a lot easier. It's the quickest way to have an opinion is to be like fuck this and it's very empowering to be like I feel bad about it. fuck that and then to tell somebody and then, you know, you're you're it's cheap, but it and you're It's also like them. you can
0: have an opinion like I'm not like whatever like take away like if you want like yeah, if you hate my show, like of course you can hate it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't know why you have to tell me that, I have to die. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's like it kind of goes back to like, you know, b- that huge backlash like with Dane Cook. And I remember like I've known Dane for a long time, and um, I remember like there was like a big backlash about him, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Fuck Dane Cook," blah, blah blah. And I I know him on a personal level. I remember his parents died; they both his mother and father passed away in the same year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. I just remember, like, when he lost his parents six months apart, and I just remember how horrible that was. And I remember uh, somebody was like, "Oh yeah," they were at that comedy club, and somebody's like, "Yeah, fuck Dan Cook," blah blah blah, and they were trashing him. And I was like, "You know that his parents like just died, like, was, like six months apart?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was a comedian who was trashing him, and they were like, "Oh really?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I'm like, and they were they were like, "Oh, oh, that's yeah, that sucks." Right. <laughs> and, I was, and they they, they had tweeted something about him negatively. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, it's still it's still a human, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. You could not like him. You could not think he's funny. But I was like, for a comedian to like slam him, I was like, he's still like, yeah, he's, you know. This, he's still a guy. Yeah, he's not Teflon. Like, he's still like living and dealing with the same problems that right. like we are, you know? Right, 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 Like, you don't have to think he's funny. You don't have to be a fan. But it's like to go out publicly and tweet like, yeah, this dude sucks. Fuck him. Hope he dies. Right. It's like. I don't know. I just always remember, like, I was like, yeah, it's parents. Like, he's, like, dealing with a lot of hard shit. You right. Know? He doesn't need to read that. And
1: also, he could just be, you know, just by, I'm not trying to be too cheesy, but by virtue of being a human, maybe he woke up and for no reason felt like incredible anxiety and panic and depression and doesn't need that ever. Like, none of yeah. us need that ever. Yeah. You're no. not helping anything.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, it's also like comedy is, like, so subjective. It's, like, the most subjective medium where it's, like you know, some people can love a comic, some people can love a movie and some people can hate it. It's like, it's so weird to like, you know, have that opinion of like, oh, fuck this, this is the worst movie ever made. It's like, well, you know, that can't be true. Right. It's not (laughs) for you. It's it's so much better to say it's not for me. Yeah. It's absolutely not for me. Yeah, that's what I do. Like, I don't, you know, like, being in the business and working on movies, like, I don't... I never tweet about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I never, like, throw out, like, oh, I just saw this movie, it sucked. Like, even if it's a piece of shit, it's, like, people did work on that. Like, they work hard on, you know? Like, right. right, 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 Even right. movies that you, like, go, like, oh, this is such crap. Like, fuck everyone involved. Right, like, right, well, right. No, there's still, like... Right. People did work. They wanted to make it good. Right, nobody right, wants, right, like, right. Nobody wants to go into, a, like, some show or some TV show or some movie and be, like... I'm going to make a huge piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. People involved like wanted to make something entertaining and it didn't work out. There's yeah, yeah, so yeah. many variables that go into making something. Right, you know? right,
1: right. Yeah. Everybody wanted it to be something great. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, <laughs> the shittiest movie people are like, no, I think this is going to be great.
1: <laughs> I've often heard that the experience of being inside of the movie, you don't know until until you see it sort of thing. Like yeah. you're so in the forest. That you don't even know until you pull it out a little yeah, bit.
0: Yeah, and like there is so many, like there's producers, there's a director, there's a studio, there's, you know, there's so many people involved that have their two cents. Right.
1: It's a wonder. That, well, it doesn't, uh, like Adam gets a lot of his uh, control.
0: Yeah, I, Adam I, has a lot of control in his. I've
1: life. always used him. He was always my example of like who I wanted to be like because I was like, that seems like a guy who's making things with his friends and doesn't have to take too much shit from studios, from other people. Yeah. I'm sure you have to take some. But
0: yeah, the, I mean, the studio still has a voice, but like, yeah, Adam, like, knows what he wants and right yeah yeah. he has a lot of control
1: I wanted to uh, to, I want to get back to your dad first of all but actually first of all I wanted you to he's still
0: dead (laughs) my father is still dead can you hand me a Kleenex sorry my nose is
1: is that uh,
0: like you have bad sinuses
1: (sighs) no problem no problem no problem no problem uh, I wanted you to tell the story, or or I wanted to talk about. The, I think it's come up on the show before. Was the idea of you doing your Comedy Central Presents on an audio tape, and I made you tell me the story when we no, were hanging yeah. out. But I I think that should be like one of your go to stories. <laughs> like that should be your cocktail party tale. Yeah, because that's pretty crazy. to set it up to I remember the tension of wanting a half hour. And then, the, and the pressure of trying to get the tape of a half-hour set. And if, and if you're anything like me, at the time you're doing a half-hour, you're not actually doing a half-hour that often. You know no. what I mean? Like, it, it was still kind of rare to get, like, 30 minutes in New York. You know what I mean? You yeah. never really got a 30-minute set. So you'd go to clubs and stuff and try and tape it, and you knew the, the deadline that you had. You had to get it in by then if you so wanted to be on. And then here you come, and in my folklore version that you kind of found out last minute, that the deadline yeah, was approaching? Yeah, they were doing
0: Comedy Central Presents, and uh, it was their second year of doing them. And I was a kid. I mean, I was 22. Yeah. And um, I had done Premium Blend, and, uh, which was a, another stand-up show, right? It was kind of Comedy Central, whatever. And uh, yeah, so they came to me, and it, I will forever be indebted to Chris Young, who's still a very close friend and was an exec at Comedy Central. And he fought for me to get a Presents. And he was like, "Trust me, like Nick Swartzen, this young kid, he can do it, he can do it." So he pushed me, and then uh, the network's like, "Okay, well, what's you know, what's his set?" So I, <laughs> I was so young, and I barely had the time.
1: Wait, why, Can I interrupt for the young comedians listening? Why, how did you know Chris Young, and, and like why did he believe? Because I knew him. So
0: I did Premium Blend on Comedy so you Central, so met him doing so that. So I right? met him through Premium Blend, which was a stand-up show. But how game? did he know you had a half hour? Sorry. He didn't. He like called me up and he's like, "Hey, we're doing presents. I want you to do one. Do you have 28 minutes of material?" Did on
1: you it? destroy your premium blend?
0: Yeah, it went well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the premium blend. Me and Dane Cook were on the same premium blend.
1: I in, remember. In then I've seen it. Yeah. No. Dane does that weird uh, slow motion animal yeah, like planner. Animal Havings. And he's wearing like a leather jacket. That's all I remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like. <laughs> yeah. Nobody dressed. Well
1: Wait, back didn't then. you tell me that you and he were on the same show and had the same bit?
0: We'd, we did, yeah yeah, yeah. wasn't that premium blend?: No, no, we had a similar bit off stage We had a similar like joke. Oh, and it was like about, <laughs> it was about stepping on a dog, <laughs> and um I remember we had the same manager, so a side story, yeah, so we had the same manager, and Dane was like, like, "Oh yo, you know Swartzen does the same joke, and uh, Wait, we, had, a life, we had a life bit.
1: what? when you say off stage you weren't doing this
0: on stage we didn't do the, we didn't do it on the on the show oh but it was a bit you did yeah okay. we, we both had the same bit but we, but we didn't do it on premium blend but uh so he was like called our manager He's like nick does the same bit so we had a meeting and uh, I remember our manager at the time sat me and Dan down and he was like what's the deal here and Dan's like well nick and I do the same bit it's about stepping on a dog blah blah, blah. <laughs> and uh and it, i remember he goes the manager goes Look, I manage both of you. I think you're both talented. If both of you guys need a stepping on the dog joke <laughs> to make it in this business, I don't think we should all work together anymore. <laughs> and it's just like such like a just a yeah. honest like yeah. If you really need this to make your career. <laughs> So Dana and I were like, yeah, that actually makes sense. Let's just both dump the joke and write a new one. <laughs> like, so we both just, like, dump the joke.
1: <laughs> I mean, that is, again, that's like the mafia. You had to sit down and you had, like, this <laughs> yeah. elder kind of be like, he gets the laundry and he gets the garbage removal. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Or awesome. in this case, let's both walk away.
0: But so, yeah, so I did this. Uh, I had it um, going back to Comedy Central Presents. Um, I couldn't get on stage to do a half hour. Because I didn't have any pull and nobody knew who the fuck I was. Yeah. So I had to read it into a tape recorder at Jamie Kennedy's house, which I'm not name-dropping. and just being honest to the story. Yeah. But I just sat there at Jamie's house and read it into a tape recorder. No (laughs) laughter. There was no laughter. (laughs) just just, read it. It was like a book on tape. It was just so horrible. (laughs) You NPR'd
1: it. (laughs) And the story, this is what's been added to the story because Jay Larson told me the story. He said that you would go... And then I'll say, uh, this milk. And then I go, and that'll get an applause break.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would go, I think, I think this, the, the, there'll be laughter here. And then here's the next joke. And there should be laughter after this. And then I did it like, as a, I think I did it as a joke. I was like, um, and then standing ovation. Pause. Standing ovation. And then this joke. <laughs> so it's like, like, I could not be comical about it.
1: Is being immature something that you, you work on? That That's what I've learned is, is those older people. I'm talking about, like, fun dads, silly dads, goofy parents that just never grew up or just goofy old people that never grew up. That's, like, an effort. Like, it's not just, like, their disposition necessarily. They're making a conceited effort to be, like, to maintain some sort of childlikeness. Right. Is that how you feel? I, I'm sure you are genetically silly. You mentioned that your father was silly and immature.
0: I mean, I feel like... In a lot of comics, and I feel like in this about this generation in general is that there is this kind of arrested development where it's like I started comedy when I was eighteen. Yeah, like that's all I knew. So it's like I never, I just always, you know, like that's almost twenty years ago. Right. So it's like I've always just been living this life of like I've never wanted to get married. I've never, I don't have any interest in having kids. Mm-hmm. It just was never my mindset. So it's just like I've always. Just, you know, gone out drinking, watch sports, <laughs> do movies. <laughs> like, I just kind of, like, I don't know. I always, like, all my friends are comedians, and, like, we're all just telling shit jokes. And, like, yeah. and I feel like I'm going to blink my eyes and be, like, 60, and I, f- I feel like I'll be in the same position. Yeah. Like, people, like, bust my balls about how I dress, and, like, I wear, like, I'm sponsored by skate companies, and, you know, like, I just... Really? Yeah, like, I wear... I wear high tops and people are like, why well, do you dress like you're 14? It's like, well, because I, I don't care. I like, yeah. I, like I, I don't know. I right. like how I dress. <laughs> I like skateboarding. I, I still I don't Well, know. you you hit pause at 18 and
1: there's no reason to resume it. I'm not saying you're not a grown but man, like, but you what, found what works. How worked. am I
0: supposed to act? Like a fucking Abe Lincoln? Like, like am I supposed to like enter the top hat era of my life? People are like, why do you dress like you're a teenager? I'm like, because I like wearing clothes like this. Like, what? When's my sweater phase? I don't know. I'm not going to wear khakis and a fucking sweater vest. and a... I don't like suits. I don't like... Yeah. This is how I fucking roll. Right. This is right, how I've always right. rolled. Right. I'll, I'll rock this shit fucking until I'm 70. I don't care. Like In the casket with the, with the Alf hat. <laughs> yeah.
1: When, when did you realize you didn't want to have kids? It's funny. I was in therapy today... And I realized, I'm interested in challenging anything that's just an assumption, you know right. what I mean? And I realized recently, when talking to another friend of mine who's very similar to me, and I classify us as kind of like sweet Americans, like we're, we're kind of like classic guys, it seems like we're going to have wives and families, you know what I mean? Right. And he was telling me, he was like, I don't think I want to have kids. And I was like, holy shit. And that actually greenlit me to even consider it. I had never considered it. I've always just assumed that's what I, I will do, even when I was little. Right. And now, for the first time in my life, I'm like, well, maybe I won't. And I'm not saying I won't, but I'm like, maybe I won't. Did you always know? Were you just like, fuck that shit?
0: No. I mean, I grew up in the same... I, I just feel like, you know, there was that kind of blueprint where it's like, this is what you do with your life. You go to high school. You go to college. You graduate. You get a job. You get a wife. I mean, like, like that's how, like, my mom was raised, like, a very, yes. like, 50s mentality. And she kind of, like, pushed that on me. like, no, you're going to... You're not going to do stand-up comedy. Like you're going to go to college, right? You'll graduate, you'll get a job, and then you'll, you know, get a wife. You know, like right. And I just feel like it's just so <laughs> archaic. I feel like people don't realize that there is no blueprint. You don't have to live by this thing of like, no, this is what you do. It's like no, there's no.
1: But that's that's a, that's a ten thousand dollars statement. I think I, I think it takes a lot of therapy to get to something like that. Is what I mean. really? There is no blueprint. Yeah, well, you seem to have it. That's a lot of what I do. The lot a lot of the work I do is going. There's no blueprint. You don't have to do anything.
0: You don't have to do anything. It's like we live <laughs> in an era where it's like I don't want to get married. Like I, I don't know. So don't exactly. Yeah, like, so I'm not don't get married. Right. I just feel like that institution's just like you know, and God bless people that do, and if that works out. But I just right uh, to me, like I've seen so many divorces. I've lived through divorces. I've had so many friends, you know, that I grew up with back in Minnesota that are already divorced. So they're on the second managers. They're on the thirds. It's right. just like. I don't know why Why do that. Why right. su- we'll subject your kids and why, like, put, you know, like, you know, we just live in an age where there's so much technology where it's like, yeah, there's you porn. we we'll just do that. Right. Instead of being married?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what you meant.
0: (laughs) I know. I don't think I knew what I meant. I just said, like, diarrhea of the mouth.
1: (laughs) No, I loved it. You know, it's been coming up a lot on the show, and the idea of uh, a lot of people that come on the show are polyamorous, and I hope people aren't getting to the point where they roll their eyes when I bring this up, but I've been been asking everybody about it. But it's the idea of monogamy not really working, so people being like, I'm going to try other things, whether it is polyamory or just open relationships or just like what you're saying. I'm just not going to get married. Right. That seems to be your, your MO. Like, even people will argue, like, what about when you need someone to change
0: your diaper? I can't say that I'll never get married. I'm just saying, like, right now I don't really believe in that. But if I met somebody and I really, like, felt, you know, right. that I connected with somebody, whoever it was, I would do it. You yeah.
1: Know? So you're not even being, you're not being dogmatic about your own, you know, sort of rules.
0: No, not at all. I'm completely mm-hmm. malleable to, like, you know, maybe – I mean, like I said, I'm 36 maybe in 10 years. I mean, my father had me when he was 44. Really? So maybe when I'm 44, maybe I, I will want to have kids. But I, was, oh. I like sleeping and, like, you know, jerking off. And, like, I don't want to, like – I don't want to have anybody interrupt those things. I want to sleep and jerk off whenever I want. <laughs> well, that's what you know, I said So to I my... don't want to be bothered when I'm <laughs> doing those.
1: It's so funny. I know it's, what you're saying is funny, but it's also <laughs> true. I – was filming something uh, that's not really necessary. I was at uh, the All-Star Game uh, in New York, and they had a fan day, and I saw this dad, and he was swinging a, a bat in the batting cage, and he had, like, three shitty kids that were just like, Dad, let's go. Now, I sympathize with the kids, of course. I'm kind of right. like, Dad, fucking get out of the batting cage. But the look on the man's face was just like, I, I need this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let, <laughs> let me have this. I need this I moment. I need this Hitch the ball. <laughs> like, And he stayed in for a couple more swings and I was just kind of like my day today, I have therapy, I have this, and then I, I have something tonight. You know what I mean? Right. And I was like, I, I sometimes get upset thinking about being in the future and looking back at this time and being like, that was the time. You know, like Kevin Spacey in American Beauty just being like, all I did was work at a fast food place, get high, and, and get laid. Right. And that's all he did. Well you're saying, there's no blueprint. You can extend that period and possibly do it forever. Right. Maybe. But then, it, then do we run the risk of not having anywhere to put our love and we become weirdos?
0: I don't think so because I think... Love is a, an umbrella that's like, I have love for my family, I have love for my friends, I have outlets, you know what I mean? Yep. But it's like, yeah, obviously, like, I get lonely, I go to sleep alone a lot, and it's like, yeah, you do have, like, there is that void where you do, like, yeah, you're like, is there anything more than, you know what I mean, than right. that? Right, So, yeah, I would love to, you know, hopefully, like, have somebody to spend my life with. Sure. I. I but it, I feel like just... The institution of marriage, I just think, is weird, and I think the whole gay marriage thing, I just was really like upset about, and like, why is that? Well, I just, you know, just the fact that it was an issue, and that people make it an issue about gay marriage, and that, you know, I just think it's crazy to, you know, like that people would con- have the right to tell people that they can't get married, you know, right. like that they would hold this institution that so many people don't respect and cheat on their wives, and you know, whatever, and then you know, telling. You know, two guys that they can't love each other and spend their lives together. Sick is weird.
1: Yeah, no, it is weird. the The idea of uh, of uh, commitment and that sort of stuff, and getting married, and not having kids (laughs) specifically. I was remembering that I was with my father at a Mercedes dealership when I was probably like fifteen or something. I remember that. (laughs) <laughs> that is such a joke I would make on this show. That is so crazy. That is, I love doing stuff like that. It's so stupid. It is so Sorry. stupid. No, I loved it. And he, there was a picture of Jay Leno with like 15 Mercedes, like all his cars. Right. And my dad, just in one of those moments where you don't realize how profound it's going to be for the kid, but my dad goes, that's an empty life. He never had kids. Gesturing, like filling the void with all these cars or right. whatever. I just remember I, I took that as a, as a real thing being like, yeah. But it sounds to me like trips to, Hawaii with your friends. That sounds like generating love, having something outside of yourself. It's not yeah. like you're just holding up. No, not at all. Love, love is love, romantic love, friendship yeah. love, family love. Love is love. Yeah. You're, you're creating it and you have it in your life.
0: Yeah. I'm like insanely like a loving person. Yeah. With all my friends. Like, and like I always, I tell my friends all the time, like I love you and I hug them and I, yeah. like, you know, and like I remember like when I, I used to, I, I mean, I still do it. But, like, I remember, like, one of my buddies was like, why do you always say that? I'm like, because I love you, because you're my friend. And, like, if I die tomorrow, I don't mind that my last words were, hey, man, I love you. Just yeah. Hope you know that I hope that you know that. That's so funny. I don't I, know. I just think it's really important.
1: Yes, it is important. I have that feeling. Like, I, I tell people I love them all the time as well. And I also have that next thing where I'm like, if I get hit by a bus, I want you to know that I loved
0: you. Sort yeah. Of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like life's too short in my experience. and What I've gone through, it's like... It's just too short. Like, I've lost so many friends in stand-up. Greg Giraldo, Mitch Hedberg. I mean, a lot of comics that were really, really close friends and I I really loved. And, like, I remember Hedberg was like that, where he was like, "It's it's sad, but he would always, like, give you, like, this, like, really, like, great hug. Like, he was a really loving person. Yeah. And that was just something that I always remembered. And I remember the last time I saw him, I hugged him and told him I loved him. Yeah. You know, and I was like... You know, lost Mitch, and it was horrible, but, you know, like, I know that I always hugged him whenever I saw him, and, you know, he was a loving person. Yeah. But, I, you know, I just think it's important to, like, to, you know, tell people that. Yeah. I just think, you know, like, and guys are, like, weird, and it's, like, it's kind of funny, because, like, I'm such, like, a, you know, like, I'm a big, like, sports guy, and, like, drink at dive bars, and, like, a dude, but, like, I have that side of me that's, like, like, you know, people, like, probably wouldn't think that. Right. That I would be, like, a loving, like, person. Yeah, it'd be like oh, it's, you know, people always like oh, Swartzon's like a frat meathead. It's like no, I'm I'm not. I mean, I, there's parts of me that are, but right, you know, I'm not like that. Right, right, right. No, I love that. I love that sort of
1: unexpected side or whatever. But when it comes to romantic stuff, nothing serious lately. We always talk about relationships. I'm not just bringing this on you. It's, it's the philosophy of here's your life. You're touring around. You're doing specials. You're doing movies. You have a lot of your needs met.
0: Yeah, I'm, like, I I just, like, I'm so, like, and I've realized this lately, and I don't know if it's bad, but I realize I just love working. Like, I'm more, like, addicted. I don't, like, you know, I have relationships, but they're pretty ephemeral. They're not anything substantial. mm um, but I just, like, I'm more, like, into, like, my friends and working. Like, that's that, to me, fulfills my life more than anything.
1: Yeah. You know what comes up a lot is, is the idea of a long-distance relationship. Uh, you know TJ. TJ and I. TJ's actually in a, in a good, uh...
0: TJ Miller? Yeah, TJ Miller. Yeah. Not a long uh, TJ Hooker? <laughs> not the TV show?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we both watch the TV show, TJ Hooker. Uh, he, he's in not a long-distance relationship that he's very happy with, but... The idea that for artists, the long-distance relationship can often be perfect because you do have this insatiable desire to continue to work and continue to do work that doesn't even resemble the work you were doing before. Right. You're talking about doing a movie and then you do a stand-up special, very, very different muscles, but they're both work. And then they're both uploaded into the consciousness and that you get to see the response and you get to feel the response and then you get to keep working and all that sort of stuff can be very addicting. Right. Uh, but then that idea of the girlfriend or the or whatever relationship is there long distance that you see them kind of when you see them. Right. We were talking about how that can – not even in this business. Some people just feel that that's really great uh, to have it kind of (coughs) – I hate to say it, but off to the side or something.
0: Yeah. I mean I can see that. I don't know if I've ever had that, but yeah. I mean I can see that. I just think it's important like whoever – And you also, like, just get paranoid with any kind of, like, celebrity and, like, who I am. Like, you do, like, question people's motives and, like, you know, who you're dating and, like, what's going on. Well, is
1: that hard? I mean, you meet somebody and they could be, like, a big fan or at least, like, aware of you on some level.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I always felt like it can, like, it can be a little weird, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm, like, a really trusting person. And I always, like, kind of keep a distance in that kind of sense where, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, tr- you know, I don't know. It's hard to like tr- give th- that much trust in, you know, people. And I've just seen like, just through example, like I said, and just so many people that have gone through divorces and so many people that have gone through just horrible relationships. I've just seen like such train wrecks. And I'm just like, I just don't want that. I just, I don't yeah. like drama. I don't like, I'm just like, I like, just really like simple. Yeah. Simple life. And- it's
1: funny, every time I go through a breakup, and then you're on the other side of it you're like why did i ever do that because <laughs> it's so it can be so painful yeah. and so difficult and so uh not simple it can be so complicated and you're like and then you get on the other side and you're like oh everything's here everything's fine is where i left it and i'm i'm in more control here right. and i'm calmer and i'm happy control is a big part of it and then but then the yeah. next thing you know you're you're fucking with somebody else
0: <laughs> yeah i just feel like i don't know i just i, I, I mean i like that control of you know, having my life and being like, even like today, I'm going to do this. I have a meeting at like four. I have a dinner at seven. And then maybe, I will, maybe I'll go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't have to ask anybody.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that's the example that always
1: comes up is like uh, the girlfriend that you – when you get a girlfriend, and it's been a while since I've had a girlfriend, but you have a girlfriend and you book a show – you, you now have somebody that you have to run it by. I hate making this case for how we should just be, like, alone. <laughs> but, like, that is the first thing I notice, where it's like, do you want to do the show? And I'm like, yes. But then I'm like, oh, but, you know, maybe that would be a night where we watch, I don't know, Downton Abbey.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just it's just super weird. I don't know. I have just, like,
1: ugh. But you're not, like, unhappy without, like, a, a steady romance.
0: I mean, I don't think I've ever really had a functioning relationship. Really? No.
1: Well, you haven't had a very functional life. I mean, eighteen. Yeah. And I mean, I feel comedy. like I've just
0: been so married to the business and doing comedy and hanging out at comedy clubs and like. Right. I've. N- it, it's just never attracted me to be like. This is, you know, I don't know. This is my other, li- you know, I've, yeah. it's This life too. I don't know. It's just. It's so much easier to just get shit faced and write fart jokes and. Go to Hawaii or – I, mean, I don't know why I keep saying Hawaii. I <laughs> you want to Iowa. go to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> go to yeah. Minnesota or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, like, speaking of trust, we were having that funny
1: conversation. I thought it was funny where I had your phone number because TJ's phone and I had had uh, sex is something I say. Uh, he synced his phone on my computer. Okay. So I got all his numbers. So I have like two moms in my phone. You know, like, right, right, right. But his was Motherboard. He had in his phone his motherboard. Board <laughs> B O R E D. That would be better.
0: <laughs> his mother's so bored. Of TJ, this fucking bullshit. Fuck you, TJ. Idiot.
1: Well, we had hung just out kidding. and we didn't uh, have each other's numbers. So I was like, "Oh, I think I have it anyway." So I just texted, uh, "Hey, it's Pete," um, or something. And then I realized that this the, the whole thing that a guy has your old phone number. Oh yeah, and that seems like a breach of trust and sort of a, a, a thing about celebrity. Do you talk about that? Is that
0: well, that was a big deal. I, thought, I, I yeah. had a, a phone number, and it was a great phone number, and, uh, and I had it for like 10 years, and then um, I lost my phone, and it was like an old phone. It was like a trio back in the day, so I was like, all right, I'll just get a new number. Like Too many f- random weirdos have my number, so I'm just, <laughs> I'll get a new phone and get a new number. <laughs> so this person who had the number, like I told all my friends, hey, this is my new phone number. Delete the old one. hmm so, nobody did. They all kept my new phone number and then kept the old one. So, then, would you know when they would call me or text me, it would be like, oh, Swartz, they would never pay attention to which number it was. So, long story short, um, this guy, I believe he's from Ohio or something, had my phone number. So, he was getting calls from Sandler and Paris Hilton yeah. and Kevin Nealon, like all these people. <laughs> And he would, get, he would entertain these conversations, Yes. and he started to go to parties. So Paris is a really good friend of mine, and so Paris is like, hey, Nikki, like, it's my birthday, will you come? So he would call her back and be like, hey, or no, he would text her back, sorry. Hey, the, yeah, I'm going to come to your party. This is my friend Greg, can you put him on the list plus one? So he started living my life. So I didn't get these texts, he started going to all these parties. And he started talking to Sandler, and he started like, ingratiating himself into this world. It's and so crazy. And it got to heightened to the point where he was doing press. He was on Jimmy Kimmel, and he was selling the rights to the story. And it became this whole thing. It was insane. Oh, my God. And this dude just ran with it. <laughs> and then I had producers calling me like, hey, do you want to produce this guy? Like, he's doing a life story about you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, no. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> it was, like, so weird.
1: <laughs> and you must have called him, right? You didn't. You, you tell him to stop?
0: Yeah, I I ended up seeing him like, yeah, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, can you stop doing this? And he's like, oh, this is hilarious. I'm like, it's not hilarious. It's my life. Right. You know? And I saw him actually at Paris Hilton's at one of her birthdays. (laughs) And I ran into him and like, I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm like, you don't know Paris. (laughs) And he's like, I know. (laughs) Paris was mad and whatever. Well, when I texted him, it must
1: still be kind of going on because he did – Reply.
0: It still goes on. And like now, I think it's, I think I heard through the great friend that like now it's like not a novelty anymore. Like he's getting like, kind of annoyed by it because like people still like spend like four years. Wait, he's not into it anymore. Yeah, now he's like, all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Sorry to be so obvious, but how did you uh, meet Paris Hilton? <laughs> I met here just through friends. I've been friends there for a long time. I don't know. See, something that strikes me, I only have a handful of, of well-known friends. Mm-hmm. And what's painful for me is when I go home, you talk to uh, people from my hometown or whatever, they are the people that'll be like, fuck Jack and Jill for no reason. Like, un- unprovoked. Actually, because I'm a comedian, they'll tell me <laughs> who they saw and how much they sucked. It's always negative. Right. And it'll be like that Dimitri Martin, he's like the worst person and I hate him. And I'm like, he's a, he's a friend of mine. Or or (laughs) Dane Dane is a friend of mine. I get texts just like people being like, Dane's an idiot did I fuck that guy. And I'm like, it, it, how are you when someone shits on Paris Hilton or whatever? Or how much I spent twinge in your belly.
0: I just like my whole thing. And again, like this addresses like a bigger picture. It's like, I've been friends with Paris for a long time. I love Paris. Paris and Nikki are very good friends. They're You're like, not talking about yourself. You're mean your sister. Yeah, yeah, Nikki Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like, they're really good friends. Like, I I love them. I really do. And Yeah. And I posted a picture on Instagram the other day. And it was, like, I was at Paris' house. And it was a picture of me and Nikki. We were in Malibu. And I was, like, hey, like, you know, my sisters, my Paris and Nikki, blah, blah. And, like, all these people are, like, fuck you, these whores, and, like, all these, like, horrible things. And I just sat there and just blocked everybody who said that. Because yeah. it's, like, you know, people have these, you know, like – they're really nice. Paris is r- really, really, like, a sweet person. He's a great person. They're really, really nice. Yeah. And, like, I've known them a long time. And, like, I I don't understand. like, And I get, like, people just sit there bored, like, fuck that. Ugh, fuck you. I'm unfollowing you. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just funny that people just go, like, oh I, you, know, you know, obviously, like, Paris has done stuff publicly that... You know, she she's not happy with, I know she's not. Yeah. But like, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I know her. You know what I right. mean? Like, I know her family. Like, she's really, really nice. Yeah. She's very sweet. I like, thought you were
1: going to say, she's really, really rich. I know her family. She's rich. <laughs> yeah. She's really rich. She's <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird comment. No, but they're
0: like, yeah. <laughs> but they're like, tell fart jokes. Like, she's just a goofy, like, she's just, she's really nice. Right. She's great to her fans. Like, her old house that she's living in was Hollywood, like, there would be fans outside that would sit there with pictures, and she would come out and hug them and take pictures and sign stuff, and like, hmm. she was always like a really, really sweet person. Yeah. And I always will defend her, and I'll defend any of my friends. Anybody right. right. Like, when I post pictures of you and me, and people are like, fuck Pete Holmes, <laughs> he's such a raging whore. I'm like, I know, but I...
1: <laughs> well, that was the other thing that I thought was fascinating, because I, I bought... Actually, the last comedy album that I bought was Seriously Who Farted. Uh, and it, it's, I'm, I'm a fan of yours, but the title was just too funny. I couldn't stop laughing at the title, <laughs> so I had to get it. And, of course, it's super hilarious. But then on the inside, you thank the Kings of Leon, yeah. who are, are one of my absolute favorite bands of all time. And we talked a little bit oh, yeah. about about that. And I, when I get these reports that these people are, like, cool, decent guys, I watched that documentary you told me to it's watch. It's great. Yeah, and it was, a, it
0: was a really interesting insight into their world. Yeah, they're very close. Yeah. Uh, they're really, really, really close uh, friends. Um, I love them.
1: You were telling the story about them. They played a song. I thought this whole story was so surreal for me. Because they're, like, I'd be starstruck if I met them. Like, they're a big deal. And uh, they like, sent out a song for you or something. Do you remember this song? I don't remember. You were telling me a story. I don't know if it was at the Hollywood Bowl or the Greek or something, but you were hanging out in the stands, and, like, it got overwhelming, like, for some reason, a lot of people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> they were in San Diego. I went down to see them because they live in Nashville, so I don't get to see them a lot. Um, and so I went down to San Diego. My, one of my favorite songs is Cold Desert. Yeah. And, um, and so Caleb, the lead singer, I was... I was like, I'm gonna go watch the show in the stands. Mm -hmm. So they got me, but like in the stands, and so I'm watching, and um, and like people started like taking pictures and video of me, and it was kind of awkward. Yeah. So I left, and um, and I felt bad. I mean, I didn't want to leave, but like people were like kind of being (laughs) creeps. And um, so Caleb played Cold Desert. Yeah. And he um, he uh, dedicated the song to me. Yeah. He's like, this is for my friend Nick, and I didn't see that. So I left. And so I called Caleb and I felt so horrible that I left. So I called him after the show. I'm like, hey, great show. You know, whatever. And he's like, he was like, oh, you saw the whole thing? And I'm like, yeah, I got a great show. It was awesome. And he's like, okay, what did you think of that one moment? And I'm like, um, yeah, it was great. And so he basically called me out. He goes, you didn't see the whole show? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what song? Do you remember that moment? And I was like, what and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know. So he basically called me out for leaving the show early. Yeah, because he's dedicated He's Like you fucking asshole. I dedicated Cold Desert to you, <laughs> and I felt so horrible. And I didn't know the balls. I'm like, no, I saw. And he's like, no, you didn't. And like Caleb's like so funny. Like he just like. <laughs> such a like, he, yeah just how he is like he'll call you out right and so he like got into a whole thing where I was like no I saw it he's like no he didn't right but I didn't see it and I felt really bad you but.
1: told me also you called him once you were on a bender and you wanted to know how long was too long to be on a bender or something
0: yeah I don't want to say that though uh, I don't know what he yeah cause he's a big drinker and I'm a big drinker
1: yeah well, anyway, but, uh, can we at least say that he made you feel better about, like... Because a rock and roll yeah. star, you know, assume You can't drink
0: more than a rock star. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's good. Yeah. See, that's why
1: I like having scumbag friends. You call them and whatever... No, I'm not saying scumbag in a Jesus. bad way. You call them and you say, your degenerate. friend Caleb is a degenerate. No. <laughs> no, he, but uh, having those friends that are doing... Whatever you're doing, they're doing it at, at worse than you or more than you.
0: Yeah, no, he's a big drinker, but he's... Yeah, it's funny because... This goes back to also, like, uh, like, I work really hard when I work. Yeah. And, like, the, you know, he would come into town and him and Nathan uh, and uh, Jared and, like, the whole band. And they would come into town and, you know, they would be, like, on a vacation. So they would come in town and, like, hey, we're drinking. Right. And I'm, like, I have to, you know, I'm writing. I'm shooting. I'm doing this. So I'm, like, I'm not drinking. And they, they would always get, like, super mad at me. <laughs> okay, come on, man. You can drink and then go shoot. I'm, like, I don't want to <laughs> do that. But they, like...
1: Peer pressure from the Kings of
0: Leon. Yeah, <laughs> your life is weird, man. It's pretty weird, <laughs> but they're they're really great. I I met them at my stand-up show. They came to my show in Nashville. That's where I first met them. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's I did awesome. a show at the Ryman Auditorium, which is a famous famous venue there, and uh, they came to the show. And the security guy gave me like a note. It said, uh, "Hey, we're the Kings of Leon." It's like ten years ago. Like we want to buy you a drink. Come eat us at this bar. And so I've met them and been friends ever since. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but they're really, really great that's guys. That's before they were really talented. big. Yeah, like it was, be, yeah and I, I mean, I knew who they were. Cause I'm a big music fan. But yeah, yeah it was before they, they were playing me like a lot of their songs that were like rough off, yeah. Wow. Off their new album that blew up.
1: That's so cool. But um, <laughs> you're, you told me that you're, uh, we had some parallels with, uh, we both have brothers that are creative. Your brother is a musician.
0: Yeah, he's a singer-songwriter. Yeah. John Swartzen. Johnny Swartz. But he lives in your
1: old town.
0: He lives in Minnesota, yeah. My
1: question for you was, I was like, how is he dealing with your, your celebrity or your rising star, for lack of a better term? When you have a – because I'm always talking to my brother, you know, staying in contact with him. Right. I'm not saying I'm famous or anything, but it's weird. I'm a younger brother. He's older than you? He's older than me by six years. So we have these older brothers. And I just remember relating to what we were talking about. I'm trying to reheat a conversation we already had, so it might not work. But I just remember talking about that idea that you know the name Swartzen is is pretty famous in uh, Minnesota.
0: It's in- it's bigger than Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm officially bigger than Prince in Minnesota. I'm joking Prince. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I know it is a very specific name. I don't know. I don't think he's ever My brother's a pretty like mellow dude. He's never like really said anything either way.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um but yeah, like I'm really like pro Minnesota and like pro my brother obviously, but like Yeah, I mean, I think he – I've never heard of anything, like, you know, where he's discouraged by it or anything, like, weird. but. Right. um, Yeah. But he was somebody that, like – you know, he graduated from the University of Wisconsin. He was a banker Mm -hmm. and did, like, a 9-to-5 job, and he quit that and became a singer-songwriter. And my mother was, like, really upset. She's like, no, you have to go to – you know, you have to need to stay, work at the bank, and that's it. And, it, I, you know, I really applaud him because, you know, singer-songwriter is not a lucrative profession. It's very That's the
1: story tricky. you told me. Do you remember? No. You were in a bar, and you were talking about how it's hard to be a singer-songwriter, and the bartender was like, tell me about it.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> in New
0: York, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, so I was at one of my favorite bars in Lower East Side Manhattan, and I was with my brother, and uh, we were drinking, and... Um, my brother was talking about playing music and yeah and this guy was like yeah and he was bartending and he was like yeah yeah music's truck t- tricky and my brother's like pissing and moaning about how tricky it was and how hard like the lifestyle was about you know crossing over and, you know making a living as a singer songwriter and this guy <laughs> this guy was like yeah he goes uh, yeah i'm in a band it's yeah it's t- tricky and my brother's like oh what band and he was, like, a space hog. <laughs> and he was, like, one of the band members of Space Hog. Um, and, like, I knew Space Hog. Like, they, yeah. They had a lot of, you know, a lot of hit songs. And they were, like... <laughs> right, right. And he was, like, still chipping away. And my brother yeah, yeah, just yeah. was, like, something, like...
1: Well, there's five people. You divide the paycheck by five everywhere you go. And then a tour manager...
0: Yeah, my brother you know, was pretty horrified. Stuff. It's, like, that's like not something you want to hear. It's, yeah. like, a band that's successful. And, like, this guy's still, like, making ends meet and chipping away. Right. And, he was a really great guy. I can't remember his name. I apologize, but he's a very nice person.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the reason I brought that up is it's hard to be in a relationship with somebody like you, I'd have to imagine. Uh, it's hard to be in a relationship sometimes with somebody like me. Just somebody that's and, – and it's hard to be the brother or, or even in the family of somebody like you. I, I, I sometimes – not in a bad way, but, you know, uh, there can be jealousy or you, you have to be aware of a jealous thing where it's like, I'm talking to you, Nick, and you're telling me about your life and I'm jealous of your life. And my life is very similar to yours. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not super similar, but I mean, like, I'm talking about just the simple stuff. I'm not talking about, like, kicking it with Mitch Hedberg or anything. I'm just like, oh, yeah, hanging out in comedy clubs and, and touring around and kind of living your dream. Right. And I, I'm feeling jealousy even though I'm very, very, very similar. Like, there's no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just aware, uh, aware of that. With, with family, because they're in a relationship with you, for right. better or worse. Like, they can't break up with you. He's always going to be...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i never, like... You know, like... And, you know, it goes back to, like, I'm really generous. Like, with my sister and, like, buying her house, like, my brother, like... Right. You know, like, I flew my brother to Hawaii when I would do shows, and, like, you know, they would always, you know, I would always, like, treat them great, and, yeah. you know, like... So there was never, like, contentious, where it was, like... You know, I was, like, on on an island on my own. I would always, like, get them involved. (laughs) Yeah. But it will make... I
1: wonder, you know, if it did inspire your brother to quit the bank and that sort of thing. I think being around somebody that's going for it... Well, he
0: did that... He did that around the same time I started stand-up. Oh, really? Yeah. So he... He just had And I'll admit to this is that I was like, you should probably work at the bank just because it's, like... You know, and he was like, fuck you. He's like, you know, you did stand-up comedy... Nobody questioned that, and you didn't question that, and you did that. And He's like, I want to do this. Right. So he was like, you know, you can't tell me, like, that I should keep my job because it's safer. Right. When you did the most unsafe thing in the world, you know? Right, right, right. So, and he was right.
1: That's interesting. That's very interesting. Here's the thing I wanted to bring back about your uh, dad, not specifically about your dad. He's
0: still dead. <laughs> but I'm getting reports that he might be... No. <laughs>
1: You were telling me this really blew my mind. It was me, you, and Camille, and Emily. And you were talking about that acting retreat you went to. And do you remember? See, I feel like we have a hard time accessing emotions and stuff. Oh, right. I've told a story on this show before that the first time I went to a hypnotherapist, I, I cried a lot, and it felt really good. Yeah. So anytime I hear a story of some, someone having an emotional breakthrough, however they did it, I'm always like, how can you do that? Like, that's the drug that I'm interested in. Right. It's some sort of yoga retreat, where actually that was another place where I cried. They did this weird group meditation that made me very emotional for my mother. It was basically just breathing. It right. was really weird. It was like some holding breath, closing eyes, laying down, some music, and some guy. And then he was like, "Just think of someone you love." And I thought of my mother, and I just started crying. And it gross,
0: you love your mother, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it felt fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: My weird churchy mother didn't like that story because she thought it might have been the devil. <laughs> but anyway, she's not. Jeez. She's not really stupid that way. Anyway, you told uh, us about this acting retreat that you went in shortly after your father passed. Is that? Am I remembering correctly?
0: Yes, shortly after, yeah, it was just this intense like acting workshop, and uh it was like a whole weekend like kind of retreat, and it was really intense. He did like a monologue and then they this guy who ran it was really, really great, and he just it just kind of broke down walls. i've never been the same since you
1: said he was one of those guys that when you were around him, you were just like, what is this person's deal just like a
0: yeah, he just was like he just hosted this retreat and it was a famous like through paramount. Uh, studios and he put on this workshop for years years and years and years and years and uh, it was pretty notorious a lot of people had done it and um, I did it and like (laughs) you have to like really give yourself over emotionally and I did I've, I've never been the same since I just completely broke down walls I remember like just sobbing and like Missing my dad and having this complete breakdown. It was right. Like so intense. You said
1: like a toddler almost. like Yeah, really I was getting... like sobbing. Yeah.
0: Sobbing. But in public. Like snot running out. Yeah, in front of the entire class. Snot face. Yeah. And I'm glad I did that, but it's like, I, I don't think I've ever been the same since. Yeah. In terms of just emotionally, like, I get really emotional. And, like, I think that's why, like, I tell people I love them and my friends. And, like, it really, like...
1: But that's, like, profound. That's, like, the sort of experience everybody's looking for.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, like, it made, you know... It changed me for in, in, in a better way, yeah. But wh- how did you get there?
1: I know it's kind I of complicated. I can't remember.
0: It just was... This guy just slowly kind of broke you down. And I can't remember... I, I don't remember the process of what happened. But he just sat there and just kind of, like, chipped away at you. He right. just kind of, like, broke down walls. And he's like, oh, okay, so what's... You know, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I'm paraphrasing badly, but... He would just kind of just say shit that would just kind of chip away. Right. And he would kind of isolate what was at your core, and then, I don't know, it was pretty intense. And keep going at the vulnerability. Yeah, he wouldn't let up. So when, like, it started, <laughs> like, the wall started to come down, it wasn't like, I should put that wall back up. He was like, fuck that. Yeah. Let's break down a couple more of these guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but you you had to be open to do it. Like, a lot of people, like, didn't give into it, you know? Right. And I was, like, down to, like, just, you know, do a wrecking ball. And surrender. yeah.
1: Yeah, you experienced the power of a little surrender right there.
0: Yeah, it was funny. Like, I brought, like, one of my friends to do it with me, and he did the same thing. He brought he had a breakdown. Really? Yeah, but his mom, yeah, I had, like, a complete, like, nervous breakdown.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But then they bring you out of it. When you leave, you feel good.
0: Yeah, but you're pretty drained. Yeah. It's like, when you, like, have, like, a really hard cry, it's pretty intense. Yeah. You know, like, it's really draining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I always, like, I can cry pretty easily now. It's pretty funny. You like mean if I'm like watching TV and like Philadelphia is on or like Terms of Endearment? Yeah, I'm gone. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think that's a good thing. That's an open heart. Right? Yeah, I
0: think it is too.
1: You have some vulnerability going. Yeah, and I think that probably makes you more interesting as an artist and as a person. But fuck, fuck art. I shouldn't have brought it there. I just mean as a person. Fuck fart. Fuck farting is what I say.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, it just gives you like more you know dimensions and
1: yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It gives
0: you more clarity too. It's like I feel like. I don't know i feel like i have more clarity just as you know i i know what i want i know like i don't know i don't know if that makes sense well you know what you want because you, you you had an emotional
1: experience so you're looking for more of that like real human connection is that yeah
0: and you well yeah but also like you you've seen that side and like you know where you can go and like yeah. what you're capable of you yeah. know what i mean so mm-hmm. like you can also go there or choose not to like i know like like i kind of don't want to i don't know I don't know if that makes any sense, if I'm making any sense. No, it
1: makes perfect sense. It reminds me a lot of uh, taking mushrooms. Have you ever taken mushrooms?
0: I have taken mushrooms, yes.
1: So you take mushrooms, and you're in this place for five hours or whatever, and then you come out of it. And I spend a lot of my life now, as someone who hasn't done mushrooms in a very long time, but trying to live a mushroomy sort of emotional, aware aware of beauty, aware of light and magic or whatever in my daily life. Uh, which I only remember as I didn't go on a weekend retreat with a, with a guru acting guy, <laughs> but I, I, I know exactly what you mean. You're like, that. those are the feelings I want to have, and those are the feelings of love and connection and friendship and kinship and trust right. and light and beauty and awareness and all yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff that I'm trying to manufacture while I'm driving. You know what I mean? Like, instead of, you know, it's not just look at that dragon. You know what I mean? It's, it's like yeah. really being like, oh, these are things that happen in my brain and in my heart and in my soul if there's a, such a thing
0: yeah and it's also like this is how i feel in my soul oh hey look a dragon <laughs> and then back to my soul <laughs> the dragon's just a bonus part of it yeah <laughs> you're like, this is who i am hey magic dragon the right, dragon's now, a bonus here's the deal with my
1: <laughs> <laughs> does the dragon know he's just a bonus in the experience <laughs> he thinks he's the headliner he's yeah he's like
0: opener. wait, who tight <laughs> what about your mom? <laughs> <Okay>. Free dragon, <laughs> Breathing fire over here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Say it to ah. my face.
1: <laughs> the bro is dragon. Well, we always had the show. This is a perfect segue talking about uh, religion, spirituality, God, new age. This is your free and safe space to talk about anything uh, new agey, spiritual, touchy feely, soulful stuff. We can talk about if you were raised religious, if you have any sort of religion now.
0: I was not. I was raised Presbyterian, which is pretty loose. And uh, we went to church on, like, Christmas and Easter. And I did, I did Sunday school when I was a kid. But, like, I didn't really – I wasn't raised either way that staunchly. But, yeah, I will say in my experience that I don't – I'm not a big religion guy. But, like, I do believe in something. Yeah. Like, I do believe there's something else out there.
1: And how do you interact with that thing? Are we praying?
0: Are we... I don't. I mean, I still... I say prayers when I go to bed. You do? Yeah. Just my,
1: what's that sound like?
0: Um, it's just a prayer that my um, my mother just always ingrained in me. She's always ingrained in... like Just like a prayer that we've always said. And then... Um, but
1: it, I don't want... Uh, it's too vulnerable to, to share the prayer, but is it in the vein of thanks? Is it in the vein of help? Is it in the vein of... Just
0: watch over me and my family. So like and a And my help, friends? Like a,
1: yeah. I acknowledge you as a God thing and and please keep it keep it real
0: yeah and it's like I always like I remember like which was kind of funny is it's like you know people obviously it's a controversial subject of religion and whatever but I remember like when the Boston marathon bombing happened and I tweeted you know my prayers go out to those affected and people who experienced that and you know God bless you (laughs) <laughs> like people were responding like, oh yeah, like there's a god, but like people were like there was like so much like negativity, and I was like, right. I'm just like throwing the sentiment out there, like you know, right? It's what? just weird that people will get like that. Like people are like so upset of like, and not like a lot of people, but there were just people like, oh fuck you, and I was just like, Jesus, Christ, like oh well, yeah. my god, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not like a hardcore religious dude. I don't like live by the Bible. I'm not like so hardcore, but like. I do believe in you know saying prayers for people and wishing people you know like that. There's know. no there's no harm in that or and, and no, it might even it's be like, help. Why re, like why respond to that? I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like I'm not on Twitter all the time, like reading every comment, but I'm just you know yeah, just no, referencing like certain things where like I will like check on some oh, like, whatever.
1: But it, it's it is interesting the the prayer. In your uh, summation, if you are saying watch over me, is it more an an acknowledgement of something you think is already watching over you or do you think you're affecting its decision?
0: In my opinion and in my life experience, I've just had things that I believe like there's something else. Yeah. Like just in what I've seen and what I've gone through in my life, really, really, really intense, really, really intense stuff where I'm like, okay, this – I don't think this just happened.
1: Can you – anything – for me, forget the show. I, I can't love stories say like stuff.: that. But
0: I remember yeah, I don't know. It's pretty intense. I don't know if I could say it. Can, can we say it and maybe we'll take it out?
1: Just for, honestly, just for me. <laughs> yeah. Or, so, you, or you can strip it of any details or anything, just, just because like this is, the, to me, the most important part of the show, right. because I tell these stories. I just told a story about um, this. this will be redundant. Who did I tell the real deal story to? That was recently, right? Was it Whitney? I told it to Whitney Cummings, was the idea that, so it's, it's vulnerable and kind of embarrassing that I was feeling like a fraud. And I went to a, a hypnotherapist and she gave me these affirmations. And one of them that we came up with is, uh, I am the real deal. See, it's kind of embarrassing. So one of them is, I'm the real deal. And I'm reading the affirmation that day. I had them on, on a piece of paper, I hadn't memorized them or anything. And I turn around, and I meet this woman, and she says, Oh, I'm friends with Jeff Ross. That's Conan's producer. Right. I was feeling, worrying that I was a fraud in terms of getting a TV show. And she's like, I just met with Jeff Ross. Uh, your producer and I go oh I love Jeff and he goes yeah he says you're the real deal which was just like the weirdest thing so that's a little bit embarrassing but the reason I put those stories out is because like what the fuck is that you know what I mean like when I told the story to Whitney I I drew it out a lot more and, and made it sound more profound but, you know, there, there was another moment where I was making a list of reasons why I had to break up with somebody. And I remember, of all people, a psychic told me that there was somebody on the other side that was looking out for me on that issue in particular, like rooting for me to do the right thing. And I knew the right thing was to break up with this person. And I had this list of like 50 reasons of right. why I had to end it with this person. I go to therapy and my therapist is like, you don't need a list. You don't need, a, you don't need to build a case. If you want to get out, you should get out. I heard that, but I wasn't ready to hear it. And I was driving home from therapy that day, and I thought of another reason to break up with her. I took out my phone, went into the note app, and then the phone crashed. And then the phone rebooted. And when it rebooted, all the notes were there except the note that I had been building of why to break up with the person, which I was just like, at at the time, nothing felt more profound to me.
0: Yeah, 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 I can see that. It
1: really blew my dick off. Yeah. So those stories, any opportunity I can have to share. share
0: So I'll share it. So like I said, I had a horrible drug problem in high school. Yeah. Horrible. I did any drug I could touch. If I could get it, I would do it. Mm -hmm. I was like... I mean, it was fucking crazy. And I grew up a really, like, nice, like, smart kid. I wasn't, like, a druggie, but like, my parents split up, and that kind of spiraled me. My mother was a single mother, and she was working, so I just had all the free time in the world. My friends were in gangs. They sold crack. We stole cars. Hmm. Like, it was insane. So I was a horrible drug user, like, really, really bad. So I got—went to rehab— Court ordered. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember. So I had to be clean. So I remember being at home, and uh, I was like, I got to clean up. I'm going to quit everything. I'm going to you know, quit. And I was like, I'm going to quit smoking. That was my thing. I smoked a lot of cigarettes, and I smoked Marlboro Reds. Hmm. And I was like, I'm going to quit smoking. So I was like, I, and I remember saying these words. I go, I swear to God. I will never smoke another cigarette. I swear to God, I will never smoke another cigarette. So me and my friends are hanging out. I'm sober, we're, bike- we're on our dirt bikes, and we're dr- going through the street, there's like 10 of us, and we're driving down the street, uh, riding, and uh, I'm in the back of the pack, some b- behind 10 people. So I stumble across a pack of cigarettes in the middle of the street, We're just sitting there. It's a pack of Marble Reds, and there's a lighter on top of them, and it's a full pack. And all my friends drove past it and didn't see that. They all drove past it. Nobody noticed it. So I stopped and I was like, these are the cigarettes I smoke. It's a full pack. There's a lighter on it. My God, I'm, like, oh, st- I'm going to continue smoking. So I fucking lit up one of the cigarettes and started smoking it and had a complete nervous breakdown. Had a full nervous breakdown to the point where I almost started crying and almost went to the hospital. Mm. And... Ever since then, I never touched another drug again. I was going to get... I was trying to be clean, but I was going to... Obviously, But I think I was going to get back into drugs. But I just remember I never... I quit um, all drugs, smoking, everything, and started... And got into acting and, like, lost all my friends. And, like, it just totally changed my life. But I just remembered that moment. And I remember telling my mother that. And she was like, well, when you were on drugs, she goes, I prayed every day, please, please, please get Nick off drugs. Please, dear God, please, you know, getting it clean. And so it was, like, this kind of, like, at the same time, like, she was saying that, like, praying that, and I also, like, stumbled across this pack of cigarettes. From it. it was just was so weird. Yeah, it was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that was, the cigarettes I smoked, like I said, the lighter, it was full, and nobody else saw it. They all rode past it. And any of my friends would, if they had seen that, they would have stopped, Yeah, picked up a pack of cigarettes. So just, like, in my you're, opinion, you're and that thing. changed my life. And I started high school at 17 years old, And I had no friends. I lost all my friends. And I got into acting, and then I got into comedy, and that changed my entire life. Hmm. Wow. So, like, that was something where I always kind of go back to that, and, like, you know, I always kind of believe, like, there was somebody looking out. You know what I mean? There was Mm -hmm. something. Something happened. I don't know what it was. Right. But I really do believe that something happened, you know? That's remarkable.
1: I love that story. (laughs) So we're in it. We're in something that's going on. Like, you don't think that this is just randomness?
0: I don't think so. And I believe, like, why not believe? Like, I don't understand people that, like, like, I get it. Like, I have friends. I'm not going to say who they are. They're, like, hardcore atheists, and they don't believe in, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, why not believe in something? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, why not go through your daily life and go, maybe there is another thing out there. Maybe there is something, you know? And I know there's a lot of, like, like, awful things that happen in life, and tragedies and horrible, horrible, horrible things that, you know, you can justify, like, well, why did this happen? You know, but I just feel like, at the end of the day, I just feel like, why not believe that there's a rhyme and a reason? And, you know? And try and find your way to participate with that. (laughs) Well, just, I don't know. Just try to find, yeah, I guess try to find a way. But, like, rather believe in something than nothing, you know? Yeah. And I've seen horrible things, and I've had horrible things happen, and people die, and you know, but I still believe in something, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Are you afraid that this thing is displeased with your uh with your sin or something? That what? Are are you afraid that this God thing that we're believing in that you and I are talking about right now would prefer you to say not drink or not swear or philander or No,
0: I, I I'm not that staunch about it. like I feel like you know, life is just about learning and lessons and shit happens and you know, you go through like I yeah, I drank. You know like a, I, I wasn't trying to say that you're, right, 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 you're no, drinking like, is immoral or. Yeah, 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 but I'm, I'm just, saying like, yeah, I mean in terms of like you know biblical sins and like, oh, you know, you have to live like this, you know, I don't know, whatever kind of like life where you can't monk. say this or do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I feel like it's all about learning and growing, and I don't know. and openness, it sounds like a lot of that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, learning
1: and yeah, I love that. So we're not afraid of, uh, what, what about an afterlife? Are we feeling anything there? I don't know. Doesn't concern you?
0: I mean, I would like to keep going. (laughs) I don't want to. I'm not a huge fan of dying. It's going to happen, I guess. Maybe in an hour. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, who knows? I'm just open to, like, whatever the fuck happens. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there is an after, you know, I don't know. Well, you're not afraid of it. No, unless it's you know, a diarrhea cannon pointing at my face <laughs> and that's the how I'm spending eternity, then I'm afraid of it. Or it's like a wolverine slowly eating my penis for 500,000 years. That would be a terrible afterlife. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of something else right. happening. Right. And also, like, when my dad died, I, d- I did feel like it made me kind of less scared. And I said that in his, in his speech at his funeral, which is, like, the hardest thing I've ever done is speaking at your dad's funerals. Just fucking awful. But I remember, like, it made me less scared of death because my father went through it. Yeah. So, like, a part of me was like, okay, my dad did it. I'll I'll do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of, like, tested the waters of whatever's out there and whatever's happening. And, you know.
1: Do we feel like uh, your dad's energy is still there? Or is it like, do you talk to your dad?
0: I don't know. Um, No, I don't feel like... I mean like sometimes in my prayers like I'll say that I miss him. But uh yeah, I don't I don't feel like he's he's with me right now on this podcast. Yeah.
1: He's wearing you know, the like,
0: elf hat. He's wearing my my <laughs> elf hat. Um yeah, I don't know, but I feel like my sister like would say things where she felt his presence. So like she yeah. would, she would say like I remember she told me a, a story. This is another kind of weird thing where she was um her first son had been born, Oscar, my nephew. And my father was sick; he had a you know a brain aneurysm, and he wasn't doing well mentally. he was in the hospital. so my sister brought Oscar to see him as a baby mm-hmm. and he was you know maybe a year old or whatever my, not my dad, the baby <laughs>
1: <laughs> your dad was sixty nine
0: and so yeah sixty eight and so um she said that she was with you know she was meant a lot to have my father experience my nephew so she put him on his lap and he was holding him and uh she stepped out for like one second out of the room and uh she heard them talking and my nephew couldn't talk and uh, she looked back in the room and uh they were looking at something they were following something around the room they were both their eyes were both going in the same direction following something and um and they were, like, glowing. They were, like, smiling. And my sister goes, hey, guys, what's going on? And um, my dad turns to my sister and he goes, don't you see the angels? Oh, my God. And she was like, what? And she was like, don't you see the angels? And he, he, she said the baby and my dad were both watching something at the same time, in sync, watching yeah. something going around the room. And she just said she got these hor- like crazy, like, chills all over her body And she was like watching them smiling and watching something, and she called me right away. And she's like, "Holy fuck!" She's like, "I'm in the hospital right now, and I just saw the craziest like dad and Oscar like." like, She's like, "Oh my god!" She's like completely like flipped out. Whoa! Yeah, that was pretty intense. My sister's not super, you know. I mean, she's not like that, you know. Like she was like really like, "Holy fuck!"
1: Yeah, that gave me the chills. (laughs) Yeah, it was
0: pretty intense. Yeah. And you know, and I've heard that like about kids and like how they have like, when you're really young, you have like a kind of an intuition, and you have like kind of, you can dial into kind of a a spiritual side. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, I thought that's where the story was going. It was that they were like talking, like having a conversation. You're like they're
0: making out. Uh, Were they making Um, out? So terrible. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, I was to choking joking. Obviously, that's um, crazy. But yeah, no, it was just something that I was like, holy fuck.
1: No, that's that. Those are those are great uh, God answers. I love those answers. And 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 uh, if you can, the last thing we normally do, uh, the last last thing, the God thing, is the, at the end, and then we say, can you remember one of the times you've laughed the hardest in your life?
0: It could be anything. God, what are some of my hardest laughs? <laughs> I'll give a couple examples. I would say the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater was Team America. Yeah. I laughed so hard. This has only happened to me twice in my lifetime. Team America, I laughed so hard that I couldn't breathe and had to get up out of my seat and physically walk around. I I was laughing so hard that I couldn't breathe. Do you remember what part? It was the part... I mean, I love the movie. I, it's so genius, and I love Matt and Trey. I just think they're... I think... And this isn't like saying something profound, but they'll go down as one of the greatest comedians, I think, of all time. Just, mm. They're just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but when... And it's pretty simple, but when he... When the main guy, and I can't remember his name, Gary, I don't know. he's vomiting in the alley. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. And he's vomiting. And you could tell... And I, I don't know if this is true, but it felt like Matt and Trey were on set and they turned the vomit up because you could tell when he was vomiting that they just were like, just turn it up on high. And he's like, he's like doing this like convulsing vomiting where like it's just spraying out in these bursts that like the puppet can't even control it. Yeah. I, and I just, I just remember laughing so hard. I thought I was going to I fucking die. I literally thought I was going to die. And then the other time was um, something about Mary. Uh-huh. And Ben Stiller pull, uh, pulls the baseball out of the guy's ear, who's, like, mentally challenged. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what's this behind your ear? And then the guy goes insane <laughs> and, like, tackles him into the table and, like, freaks out because yeah. he has, like, an ear thing. <laughs> I th- That was one of my hardest. I laughed pretty hard at that. <laughs> it's so simple, but... That's great. That's fantastic. And then I think just socially, <laughs> one of the hardest I laughed was, um, and this doesn't even make sense, but my sister, I don't know if you know those old jokes where it's like, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs? Yeah. That,
1: in a pile in of a, leaves?
0: Yeah. or like Russell. Lives, it, yeah. <laughs> or like in a water bob. Yeah. <laughs> On so, a wall? Art? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So me and my sister were doing that, and I... I don't know why I remember this. This is so weird. And I go, what do you call a guy with no head and one leg? And she's like, what? And I go, Tim. <laughs> and I started laughing. And I was laughing so hard that my face hurt and I couldn't breathe. And I started crying. Watching her try to figure out why the guy's name was Tim because it didn't make any sense. I just made up this joke. But she was trying to like, Tim. Tim. And I was laughing so hard that she was, like, bummed out that she didn't understand what the joke was. That's great. And I remember, I mean, this is like, so long ago, that's but I just great. remember, I was fucking sobbing. I was laughing so hard. Oh, I love it, She's man. Like, Tim, but he has no head. So Tim... <laughs> I don't know. Ah, that's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Those are great examples. You killed it, man.
0: Yeah. What's up? And then the hardest I've ever cried is... And I always say this. The hardest I've ever cried is... I don't think there's anything sadder than the movie Terms of Endearment. I've never seen it. You've never <laughs> seen it. Have you seen it? I'm going to write it down with heart. Oh, eight. my God. And any listener out there, tweet me. If you can think of a Saturn movie, <laughs> I don't think there's one that exists that's sadder.
1: <laughs> Is it like
0: d- Love Lost? I won't give anything away. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh my god! You have to see it and then call me after you see it. <laughs> okay. But it's an amazing movie. It's Jim Jim Brooks. Okay, it's really, really, really great. But it's like it'll <laughs> fuck your fucking eyes. It'll make a dick out of tears and fuck your eyes.
1: <laughs> I wrote it down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for you to see it now. <laughs> On the back, I'm going write down the scariest movie I've ever seen. What's you that? Have to watch that? What's that? Twenty eight weeks later. I saw that. Did you see that? Weeks, not days.
1: Oh, 28 weeks. Nope.
0: (laughs) The first 10 minutes of 28 weeks later is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Uh, Zombie movies don't really grab me. Oh, this will... Trust me. (laughs) The first 10 minutes. I mean, the whole movie is great, but the first 10 minutes is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. And The Descent. Have you ever seen The Descent? I've
1: seen The Descent. That scared the shit out of me. That's a scary one. The first 10 minutes of The Ring scared the fuck out of me.
0: Yeah, I. On the sleepover and. Yeah, I remember my friend, uh, (laughs) calling, crying, and he's like a meathead from Minnesota, and he he had just seen the ring for the first time. This is when the ring came out, and he called me and was crying, (laughs) and he said, he goes, "I'm never going into a movie theater ever again because that's the scariest thing I've ever seen." Oh my god! He's like, I'm debating killing myself. (laughs) He was so horrified. (laughs) that is a terrifying movie it's really scary it's a scary movie i thought the conjuring was really scary i just saw that i didn't see
1: it was it ring scary
0: it was pretty fucking scary really i don't think it's ring scary but it was it was scary and i'm like a total like i'm pretty bad movie theaters like when i go with like my guy friends like i like whole this sounds like so retarded but like i'll scream and like Jump yeah. and like hold like grab their arm. Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing.
1: What about the strangers? I didn't like that. That was too scary.
0: I thought the f- beginning of it was scary and then I thought it sucked. I, I, I didn't like that. the I didn't like the second half of it. I but I thought it started really scary.
1: The first forty five minutes of that movie, I, I saw it with Camille and Emily and I was like, I don't
0: like this. Yeah, the first forty five minutes is scary as fuck. Yeah, 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 Have you yeah. seen The Orphanage?
1: Yes. With the mask, it's like a Spanish mask. Yeah. Engine. Yeah.
0: That's pretty great. That's
1: great. That, but the only scary part that I remember from that movie is the car accident.
0: Yeah, that was scary. And I, then the rest of it... Well, it turns... Like, it starts... I don't want to give anything away in, pe- in case people want to see it. You should see it. It's really brilliant. But it it starts scary. Like, the beginning of it's really scary. Yeah. And then it kind of goes... Well, then it gets kind of, like, ethereal and, like, kind of... Right. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. Blah, rape. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> And Philadelphia makes me cry. Every time? Yeah. I remember I cried. <laughs> this is, I cried. I saw Brokeback Mountain in the theater, and I cried. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I walked outside, and I was like, I wasn't embarrassed that I cried, but I was like, you know, it's like, you don't want to be a dude and, like, cry and Brokeback back like, in a movie theater. Sure. And it was like, you know, especially <laughs> so I cried and walked out, and my friend called me. And he's like, yo, with some man at the bar. You want to come get a drink? And I was crying. He's like, are you crying? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, what the fuck's your problem? Are you okay? Like, did somebody die? And I had to go, no, no. I just saw Brokeback Mountain. And he's like you fucking bitch. He's like, are you kidding me? It's like so. And like, I'm not embarrassed. Like I can man up to crying. Yeah, I cried broke my mouth. It was fucking sad as shit. Yeah. And I love Ang Lee and it was a great movie. Yeah. But it was just funny like having to like tell like a friend. I uh, know, no. no he like, was no, no. like watching like whatever, like he's watching a baseball game. He's Let's get the, some beers and watch the game. Right. What the fuck are you crying?
1: Right. He's at the Coyote Ugly Bar.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are you? the
1: fuck are you crying about? Yeah. No, I cried at that movie too. Philadelphia <laughs> kills me though. It's been a while. Oh, my God. All I remember is the joke he tells in the sauna. That's
0: all I remember. Yeah. Let's see pivotal point. <laughs> but I feel like Bruce Springsteen's song, like, won Grammys and was so big. But I feel like the song at the end by Neil Young, I think, is incredible. I don't remember. It. Oh, my God. That gets me every time, where it's footage of Tom Hanks as a kid. Uh-huh. Like, his character. And it's home videos. And it's, the, the song is called City of Philadelphia. And it's just this morose um, Neil Young track over this home video footage. And it's it's so powerful. Uh,
1: I uh, got it. I'm going to write that down, too.
0: I'm going to have some good crying later. <laughs> Philadelphia. But, like, that movie's so genius because it made you go, like, yeah. I mean, like, and again, like, it made you go, and like Tom Hanks said in his speech, which was amazing when he won the Oscar, but it was just, like, you know, just for, like, gay rights. So it was like, yeah, gay people are people, too. It's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what they did with, like, the home video footage of where it's like, yeah, this, was, this isn't just, like, some gay guy. This was a kid at one point who was a boy, and he grew up, and he had parents, and he had family, right. and he had, the, you know what right. I mean? Like, right. it just brought such a, a really emotional humanity to it. I thought it was really brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That's great, man. And I'm very pro-gay rights. I think yeah, I'm getting right. that. Well,
1: the, the gay marriage <laughs> and... Uh...
0: I think it's important.
1: Yeah. You know? You have Gay Robot. <laughs> Gay rollerblader.
0: This is a funny story. Can I tell another story? Yeah, please. I'm haunted at
1: the idea that there was a version of this podcast where you didn't tell the "Do you see the angels" story. So you can keep going. (laughs) I'm like, I could have told some stupid story of my own.
0: (laughs) Just told one of your penis fart stories. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I created gay robot. So I created Adam Sandler. His fifth album. He was like, "Hey, I'm doing an album. Can you think of a sketch?" And I used to do this voice around the office. Where I'd go, hey Adam, sweet shorts. <laughs> I just do this voice. So I'd never like done an audio album before. This was a long time ago. And I was like, oh, and he's like, If you have any voices or characters. So I was like, you know, that voice like always made Adam laugh. And everybody would be like, Hey, what's up guys? You know, it's tough. <laughs> and he always laughed at that voice. So I was like, What is that voice? I'm like, that's oh, a gay robot. So I created that character and um and, I, and, you know, like, I wrote the sketch, we did it on the album, and then I created a pilot for Comedy Central, I did his an animated show, never took off, and I did it on pretend time. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, the thing about it is, like, it's not anti-gay at all. You know, and, like, Sandler, like we're both, like, pro-gay, pro-gay marriage, you know, and um, and so I'm we're shooting in The Longest Yard in New Mexico, and uh, this guy comes up to me, and he's gay, he's very effeminate. And he's like, excuse me, are you Nick? And I go, Yeah, and he goes, You created a gay robot. And I go, yeah, and he goes, fucking you're a fucking piece of shit. And I go, What do you mean? And he goes, I'm gay and you set the gay community back twenty years by creating that character. And I go But robots are from the And future. I go <laughs> yeah, Robots are from the future. <laughs> so I go, What are you talking about? And he's like, Fuck you, this guy goes off on me. And he goes, yeah, he, in the sketch, he's, like, so, like, sexual, and he just wants to fuck and suck and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, every guy, straight or gay, that's what they want to do. <laughs> like, right, right, like, right. It's not like. Right. And he was, like, chewed me out. Like, this guy fucking. And he was like, fuck you, yeah, He was blah, blah. in the movie? No, he was just, he was, he was a waiter at this bar. We oh, at. wow. Um, and he, like, fucking totally chewed me out. And he was like, fuck you. And I was like, no, I go, I'm I'm completely pro-gay. I'm like, gay robots, like, supposed to be, he's totally pro-gay. Like, if you listen to the sketch on the album, like, Sandler and his friends, like, they love gay robot. He's just, like, a horny robot, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? And, um, so I talked this dude down. So I'm like, yeah, well, so we, like, had this whole conversation, and he's like, okay, all right, cool. He's like, you know, I just don't want you to, like, you know, make gay guys out to be just, like, these horny, like, fuck-suck magnets. And I was like, no, I'm like, not at all so like we were, we we're friends we shook hands everything was cool and then um and then he asked for my phone number and asked if I wanted to have sex with him that night <laughs> so he went from being mad about this stereotype to then like hey so do you want to fool around uh, like, and I totally like perpetuated like everything that he said was wrong I was like no <laughs> what yeah. like, what are you talking about
1: I love your point what Dad. fucking like what yeah how dare
0: you well no, no. No, like whatever. Like <laughs> But it was just funny that he like went on this whole rant. Like fucking rant. And then was like, yeah, okay, I guess you're right, it's cool. Anyway, so cock and mouth? I was like, no, no. No guy. But he was very nice.
1: You remember his name?
0: <laughs> no. This is so this is a long time ago.
1: That's ridiculous. It <laughs> that was great, man. How do you feel?
0: What you feel okay? With well, yeah, with the, the podcast, <laughs> everything. Yeah, it was great. I could do this forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could. do We do it a very long time.
0: I remember oh, I'll tell one more story. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't want to wrap it up because I feel like it's the jukebox <laughs> and whatever you want to tell. So we were shooting
0: because I'm like get really scared about stuff, and I'll never forget this. We shot. In New Mexico, in Santa Fe, Longest Yard, and uh, there was a prison that we shot at, and it was home to the worst prison riot in the history of the United States. And there's a book written about it, and it's it's so gory that I I don't even want to like say stories about it because it's it's one of the worst it's one of the worst th- things I've ever heard that happened at this prison riot, and um oh God and now this I'm prison just was haunted, wondering, and so <laughs> um, Sandler's partner Jack. Uh, as a producer, and um, we were all obsessed with how scary this prison was. <laughs> so he told his assistant, he's like, look, I'll give you $1,000. If you spend the night in a cell, we're going to lock you in. You can't have a phone, and you can't have anything.
1: No, yeah. no, no,
0: no. And so this guy, my friend Sean, he stayed in this prison, <laughs> and he slept in a cell, and they locked the door, and he stayed there overnight. And, uh, I mean, there were so many stories about this thing being haunted that all the crew members saw, they saw, like, people running on the, on, the, like, the roof of the prison and jumping off and vanishing, like, it was fucking crazy. It was so intense. It was really scary. What? And this dude slept there by himself, no flashlight or anything. And he couldn't take, like, pills or anything, like, he just had to sit there alone. <laughs> and, um, I remember I saw him the next Wait. day. <laughs> pills was specified? No pills? Well, no, like, he couldn't take, like, a Xanax yeah, or something. Yeah, I know. Would, like, not so he, so I saw him the next day, and he goes, I'm like, how was that? And he goes, I'll say this. I don't want to talk about what happened, but he goes, I heard things that I, I don't even know where these sounds could have come from, but he goes, I, I, I never will ever do anything like that again. And I guess like he just heard and like saw stuff that like he didn't like. Oh, no! It's like, I'll never be the same. I, I should not have done that.
1: Was, like, no. Really no 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 yeah. no 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 <laughs> yeah. no 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 no
0: no 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 i shouldn't have done that he was like i'm never doing that again i'm like well obviously yeah i are like, gonna have the opportunity to, like sleep in a prison riot but <laughs> he fucking hell! yeah he fucking did it i was oh. like i would never i would i wouldn't fucking do it for five minutes yeah that would scare the fucking piss shit out of me <laughs> With the door closed. Oh my God! Locked. Locked in the cell. And he said he heard shit. Yeah, he said he heard shit, and there was like, yeah, he said it was horrible. <laughs> it was <just> horrible. <laughs> no phone. No, no phone. Nothing. No flash. No light. lifeline. And like, pardon me, like, like his my producer Jack was a friend. I was, was kind of like, Jesus, dude, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you offer like to have anybody do that? It's so scary. That is the
1: scariest thing ever.
0: That's very skirtings.
1: I heard, uh, we, we love a good ghost story on this show, and I love that. You're really killing it. And, uh, one, Utah apparently is very haunted. Have I told this story before? So they turn a lot of the insane asylums that are supposedly haunted in Utah into these ghost attractions. Like right. you go on a tour, and everybody at the, at the place is dressed like, let's say, Puritans. It's, not, it's the wrong part of the country, but let's say, you know, old-timey garb. Right. So everybody in this allegedly really haunted place is dressed like old-timey. But you can go and it's been converted. You buy a ticket and you go on like a phony baloney, like people screaming at you and that right. sort of stuff. So this woman goes on this tour and then at the end uh, she sees this child uh, crawling down the stairs, right? Like, But the kid must have been like four or something. Right. So she goes immediately to complain and she's like, how dare you hire a four-year-old girl to crawl down the stairs—that's like completely inappropriate. And of course, they're like, "There's no four-year-olds on stairs." Oh my god! <laughs> what are you talking That's about? That's so horrifying.
0: <laughs> they were like, "That's so <sighs> fucking horrifying." What are you saying? Oh my god!
1: <laughs> you have to tell. You have to tell us what happened in the ride. You have to. <laughs> people can
0: jump ahead. It's just so horrible. Like people, like it's so horrible. Like, well, I'll puke. if I even take. <laughs> These prisoners took over the prison and they, rioted. So they took over the guards and they tortured the guards and they tortured every inmate that was like a rat or like oh, you know like God. had a bad And they like like blow a torch like their eyeballs out like while they were alive like like it just I don't know it's, it was like really really horrible and intense. <sighs> but on a lighter note, and like, that's
1: where you film the longest yard.
0: Yeah. If I so was a roast comedian, cool. I'd go. It's a the, city, by the way.
1: Still, the worst thing that came out of that was the <laughs> longest yarn if I was roasting you. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's I'm a good <laughs> It's good. It's a good remake. <laughs> good. Um, Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. But, um, but no, I was going to tell this story. I can tell one more story. Yeah, of course. So, um, this is my every favorite. Every story
1: you tell, I'm like, we almost didn't get that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories that. Um, I made up. I was in a conversation one time, and I was with my friend and his new girlfriend, and she was really, really stupid. She was a very, <laughs> very stupid person. And she was very nice, but I'm going to be honest, she was really, just like one of those kind of like L.A. actress, like super hot. I never really had to think about anything in her life. You know, she just was, you know, hot. A child. dummy. Yeah, she was a, d- a dumb person. <laughs> and um, we were talking, and I was just like, in this conversation, and she was just blabbing about nonsense. So I decided, like, I'm going to make up a story. So we were talking about Christmas. And she goes, I love Christmas. She goes, it's just such a magic time. (laughs) She's just like, there's just so much magic that happens. And I just love Christmas. And she's like, just saying idiotic shit. (laughs) And so I decided in my head, I go, yeah. She goes, do you like Christmas, Nick? Which is a dumb question anyway. And I go, I don't. And I caught myself and I go, I don't. And she goes, why? And I go, just growing up, I had a really bad Christmas one time. And she goes, why? What happened? <laughs> I go, well, my mother was a raging alcoholic, which she's not. But I go, yeah, I just I woke up Christmas morning, and I went down to open presents. And my father was there. And I go, where's mom? And he goes, oh, she's not feeling well. She's not going to make it. And so I go, okay. So I started opening presents. And then I heard, hey. And I look up at the top of the stairs, and my mother is standing up there. And she's naked. And she's has a bottle of vodka in one hand and a present in one hand. And I go, she falls down the stairs. And this girl's like, oh, my God. And I go, she gets up, and she hands me this box. It's a present and It was wrapped, and I opened it. And she had wrapped her own vomit. She had given it to me as a present. So I open up this vomit, and, it, and my, this girl's like, oh, my God. She goes, what happened then? I go, then she pulled a gun out of her <laughs> vagina and blew her head off into the Christmas tree. <laughs> and this girl goes oh my god she goes that's the worst thing I've ever heard I'm like yeah it was pretty bad that's why like I'm not a big Christmas fan and she goes that's like fucking like you have to be like scarred like, you, you must have like permanent damage and I go yeah but the next year my dad got me a bike so it was like kind of cool and she just was like no Like, you have to go to. Oh my god. Like, she, like, let go. And my friend was so mad. It was like this chick he was dating. He's like, You're a fucking asshole, man. It's like, why do you think that's funny doing that to people? Like, this chick, like, didn't for one second go, I call bullshit. Yeah. She was like, Oh my god. (laughs) That's like the worst Christmas you could ever have. Like, yeah, my mom pulled a gun out of her vagina. It doesn't even make sense. Blew her head off into the tree and like fell into the tree. <laughs> she, she gave you her vomit first. And she handed me her vomit that she wrapped. She made the effort of vomiting into a box, wrapping it, and handing it to me. <laughs> but I improvised this whole story. Like, I'm like, where did this come from in my head? I just kept like going with this story. But yeah, it's one of my favorite. I love that. She
1: pulled a gun.
0: <laughs> like, in the story, she, she
1: should have already been like,
0: this isn't true. And then she
1: pulled a yeah. gun out of her vagina.
0: Yeah, she should blew stung. up her head into the tree. Yeah, and then blew her brains out into the Christmas tree. <laughs> and she wasn't even like, how's your dad? Is he okay? She just like, <laughs> there was no real questions. It was just like, oh my god. <laughs>
1: He said it so casually. Yeah, and then she took a gun out of her vagina and blew her
0: brains into the Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah, it was like so casual.
1: Oh my god. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm pretty- <laughs> we almost didn't get that one. <laughs> do you have any other stories?
0: God, what other stories do I have?
1: <laughs> out of her vagina! <laughs>
0: Yeah, a gun. Like I don't even know how that. Fiz- like, how do you pull a gun out of your vagina? Uh, she's a woman. I like her gun didn't fall out when she fell down the stairs <laughs> naked. The gun would, like fall out of her vagina or go off in her vagina. Terrible.
1: Uh, uh, we could just have a moment to think.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If- <laughs> I have other stories, but I, I don't incriminate anybody. Yeah, I understand. But I have, like, really good Hollywood stories, but they're all, like, I don't want to make anybody look bad. I don't like <laughs> talking about anything. You could run it by them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> at Nick Swartzen on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah. <laughs> the plug. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm satisfied. I haven't left that art ever. <laughs> Good.
0: I'm glad we finally were able to do this podcast. Yeah, man, we've had to reschedule it a few times on both our parts. Just, you know, still dealing with my mom blowing her brains out in the Christmas tree.
1: Into the tree. It was like a tinsel <laughs> on the tree.
0: And I'll plug, I have a new animated show coming out on FX. What's that called? It's called Chosen. Ch- Chosen. Danny McBride is producing it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And you're the... I did do f- two voices on it.
1: Oh, fun, 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 fun. Yeah. What? I'm excited about that. Yeah, all right. Well, check that out. Why is it called Chosen? It's about Jewish people? <laughs> no.
0: It's about a, a gangster rapper that's gay.
1: <laughs> a gangster yeah.
0: rapper. He goes into jail. It's like a whole premise, but it's basically this gay gangster rapper. It's pretty funny. It's really, it's really funny. <laughs> the scripts are great. I, I can't remember who created it, so I apologize to this person who hears that, but... It's really, really brilliant and very funny. And cool, man. And Danny's really great.
1: Oh, well, great! You'll have to come on uh, my my show and promote your show.
0: I will, of course, I will.
1: Isn't that fun? We live in a world where we're like you got to do my. When show, does your show do start? Your show. October twenty eighth.
0: <clears throat> exciting.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting.
0: Let me know if you need any help socially, media wise. I, I tweeted. Oh, that's anything. so sweet of you. Well, I'd love for you yeah, to be course. on it. I'd love for you to be on it. I'll one hundred percent be on it. Come and do bits. Yeah, one hundred percent. Anything be sketches coming. or yeah, anything panel. Yeah. Urination. Yeah,
1: I did love the longest pee. That changed my childhood.
0: Oh my that, that god! Sandler sketch. I love that. Sketch. We loved it so
1: much we had to do it ourselves. We had to like make looping urination yeah. recordings, and then we played them on boom boxes. We just did the sketch. We didn't change it. We did the same. That's sketch. So great. <laughs>
0: I love Sandler. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, I know, like, I probably say that a lot, but I really, it's really great. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. And, like, I know some people, like, don't like what he does, but it's like, he just does what he does. Right. <laughs> that's the thing about it. It's like, he's always been true to himself and, like, what he thinks is funny. Yeah. I remember, like, I did this movie, You Don't Mess With a Zohan. hmm. And he gave me this script, and I was like, this is fucking insane. Mm hmm. It's like a Rambo that's, like, a Middle East Jewish, you know, like, Political yeah, it. comedy, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so like out there. Yeah, and uh, I'll never forget this. I'm watching Siskel and Ebert. It was no, it was Roper. It was Roper and somebody and some uh, critic. And uh, this critic, they were reviewing Zohan. And this other critic was like, he goes, "Yeah, this with Zohan He goes, "Honestly, like, I really laughed. I really loved it, man. It's like really, really funny." Because I think it's just, you know, interesting to, like, tackle, like, a comedy about, like, Middle East and, like, you know, Israel and, like, you know, it's just, like, the subject matter is just <laughs> – and R- Roper was, like, oh, let me just stop you right there. Is this a joke? And the guy's, like, what? And he goes, I mean, this, this movie's a piece of shit. He's, like, slamming Sandler. He's, like, I mean, what? Who, who are – like, are you really going to sit here and, like, totally like, destroy this critic who, like, had an opinion <laughs> about this movie? And I was always, like, fuck you, Roper. <laughs> Fucking dick! You can't just sit there and let have somebody have an opinion on your own show. You fucking asshole whore. So you can go fucking eat human shit. But he like totally disrespected this critic and like shit on him. Yeah. Because he had a, an opinion about Zohan, which, you know, he had a valid opinion. It is a different kind of comedy. Right. I don't know why he got into that, but... No, I love fuck it. Fuck you, Roper. <laughs> that's how we
1: That's how we close it. <laughs>
0: we usually a- a- end
1: with it some sort of vendetta being established. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have a vendetta. Before. No, that's all right. Well, this was great, man. This was a real treasure. I'm glad it, we did record it. Yes.
0: <laughs> that amazing. Was that uh, the right time? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, you gotta go. I love be- it. Concerned for you? Would you? Uh, we have the guest say "keep it crispy" at the end of the show. Will you say it like Gay Robot? What? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of me saying the catchphrase at the end, the guest says says the catchphrase, which yeah. is "keep it crispy." Keep it crispy. And then you could say it as Gay Robot if you
0: wanted to. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. <laughs> keep it wispy. Keep it
1: lispy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much man I of appreciate course. it I'm excited for your show I'm excited for your shows and I'm excited to have you on my show
0: God bless us all this has been the Pete Holmes Hour <laughs> where I talk about thoughts and religion and the, <laughs> and the Lord and the Lord? and the Lord
1: thanks man And ironic high i so crispy
0: I'm gonna be hanging down in on my Now leaving nerdist.com